Y'all ready? Broadway Prison. Oh, I'm ready. I want to spawn ready. Matt, this is how good it sounds to me every time. Woo! Crystal clear. Christine. That's right. That is right. Welcome to the Nice Brass Rod. <laughs> Almost had a spit take the very first second. What occurred? What did I miss? That's what you missed, We're buddy. coming out hot. <laughs> good money. get a Miller Lite so I don't feel uptight. And there's that song you love. Well, part of it. Well, I, I let go of the button. I was, I was trying to get too fancy. <laughs> you all know it. Welcome back. Episode 76? Could be. Somewhere in there, folks. You're probably keeping track. It's trucking season, boys. We're back here under the uh, COVID Cove chill zone. Well, two of us are. Enoch showed up and left immediately. Yep. Enoch, I, uh, still, okay, maybe I, I, maybe I, left this one. I didn't care to spend um, any time around the two of you. It's really quite <laughs> simple. I said this isn't enjoyable, and I left. Well, can't blame you there. We're uh, ended up being really nice weather. Thought I was thought we were going to get rained out. If I'm being honest. It says that like I, I spend a lot of time out here, and I'm always looking at the weather. And today, I had a feeling that nothing was going to happen. For some reason, it, it we're at the time of the year where it just threatens rain on the forecast like every single day, but like rarely rains for real. Lord knows the Wi-Fi couldn't have handled all that. Hey, I got a new Wi-Fi system. Don't know if I don't know if I updated everybody. Damn, son. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do not damn son yourself over getting Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> no, but I, I I did get a new Wi-Fi setup, and it seems to be helping a lot. Uh, I haven't really tested it during a big rain yet, but we'll see. Uh, tested it. Does it look like the microphone's my nose right now? <laughs> <laughs> We're working uh, microphone nose bits over here on Zoom. <laughs> Purely visual bits, uh, listeners. <laughs> No, I've been. I think it's it's been a good week. It's been a while because we you might have some, yeah you we, might have some things cooking in there. We pre-recorded some uh, the other one, so we haven't talked to each other in a little bit actually. We had one in the can. Now we're back. Um, I'll be completely honest, fellas. Uh, the way we record these, and the way they come out, and the way the frequency with which things are discussed sometimes, and the fact that I still see Nathan in person at the store. Has melded together that I at this point I can no longer recall what we have or have not discussed in the pod, <laughs> what what we have or have not talked about exclusively via text, what has been, I don't know anything anymore. I don't know how Stern does it. <laughs> well, like, we cannot we cannot be we cannot be pros like Stern. But I was going to ask Nathan if he had anything cooking. It would it would be what normally is hopscotch week. So I don't know if there was going to be any like online things. Any, We're working uh, on some stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, we have like a, a virtual store art, a virtual art market up right now. I'm working to get, I don't know if you notice, notice Matt, but uh, we're surrounded by hopscotch boxes of hopscotch t-shirts that um, I'm working to get up online. Yeah, I guess 
right now we're like two days away from what would have been the first day of hopscotch. By the time this comes out, we would have been it will be Knee deep on in the it, baby. second day of what would have been hopscotch. And Who we're be playing right now. We're working Let's on. Let's go ahead and dish it. Who would have been Who would have been playing right now? Friday. God, we had who the fuck? We had a Sonic Youth reunion. Um, we had. <laughs> we had Beyonce. I mean, yeah. Prine was supposed to play our fucking COVID. Just... He doesn't want to talk about it, folks. And hey, heck, how, how can you blame him? But uh, no, we'll have some. Uh, Actually, we'll have tell some. Tell us one small band that wouldn't be a big deal. But tell us someone you had booked that's a, that would have been that a club show. Um, who would I? Uh, we got a as, as uh, Dougie Pool would have probably been a part of this year's. Ooh. Might still be. Hell yeah! I bet he's great live. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll yes, we'll, please. We'll what's, what's side of the stage to stand on? No, like, we like, we had some good stuff. We had uh, as I can. I, I'm I'm hesitant to talk about too much of it because I think a lot of it's just scooting to next year. Um. But I'm I just thought think. you were going to say the Dinwiddies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if we get asked. Um, but no, I think it, would, it was going to be a good year. It, things were lining up well. Um, but I will say one thing for 2021 that's positive, assuming that we can have the festival in 2021, is that the city, for obvious reasons, is being extremely welcoming. So um, some of the things that we haven't been able to do in the past, like use more square Giving and City Plaza at the same time. Um, oh, sick. I think that that's going to happen. I mean, that's not not officially done yet or anything, but it seems likely that we'll we'll be able to do some extra shit. They're happy to there. have people back in the town. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're like, be, yeah, fuck it, do whatever you want. Sort of, yeah. And hopefully that that'll just happen forever in the future. Like we'll see how it works out. But I, and we also have why well, go to a lot of these meetings and shit like that. Nobody might care about this, but it seems like we have some of the best fans and some of the best attendees, and like we hear it all around from the stores and stuff like that. It's not the same as some of the beer festivals or some of the. Other things that come through and have like kind of crazy, like all our fans tend to be luckily a little bit um, kinder, nicer. You know, they're music fans. They're here to listen to music and shit. So yeah. it's it's a little bit of a different crowd. So I think it's going to be really good. And we're, we're, we have a lot of stuff planned. We have some stuff coming up streaming and otherwise. Um, Dan Schramm is working on some archival stuff that we're going to be posting up on our site and his. And it's going to be cool. I mean, it's kind of a mind fuck. Like right now, I would be like, for the last decade, I would have been loading into whatever wristband city was right now. Like I wouldn't be doing this. Like I'd be like finalizing like artist packets and stuff like that and dealing with advances and people might be even flying in right now. It's been weird. You know, it's been all right. I've seen a lot of the people posting about it and stuff. I've got memories, all the memories, like the things on Instagram and Facebook that pop up like on this day and this year is obviously for everyone we know, it's been all that this week. So there's been some fun ones. Yeah, it, that has been cool, but it also has been, like, I mean, it's like, I guess we're about to find out with Halloween, but having, like, a holiday kind of thing that you're using. Oh, all Hallows like, Eve is what I call just, it. <laughs> God, actually, I would love it if you actually did say that. Every, oh, it's actually all Hallows Eve, like, <laughs> corrected people. Anyway, um, uh it's like having an actual, like a thing like that, that like I've done for every single year and look forward to every single year and have a great time every single year and get to complain that Curly skips the first day of the football season to go home early every single year. And it's like, <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to hammer on it because I know, Nathan, you're more bummed about it than any of us, but uh, it is a weird, a weird gap. Are there any, uh, what's up at the store? 
What's the vibe? Appointment only. Yeah, folks. we've uh, we're, we're we're still dealing with the like the uh, being in the hot zone uh, of having you know dozens and dozens of confirmed cases in all the apartment complexes surrounding us at all times. Um, so that's a bit of a bummer. So, but uh, how, we've how is a, how are the appointments going? I'm just just like. Here's what I'll say. Um, everyone who has shown up to their appointments so far has been awesome. You got to uh, buy something once you're there. How, how could you make an appointment? <laughs> I well, would feel the, total the issue guilt. more so is the people that do not show up, which has is, is, is been a bigger, uh, bigger problem. And I think a lot of that is um, they might, like, because some people don't know, so they show up to the store on, like, what, what's today, Tuesday? Right. So they show up on a Tuesday, and they call. Behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, show the bleep that uh, they show up and they call say oh can I get an appointment and you're like I'm sorry we have someone in here right now you know today is booked we can do for tomorrow and they're like okay yeah sure I'll do tomorrow and they're more hopeful about what they might be able to do in their, with their day that you know and then they forget or they just they can't make it and then they the sort of human instinct now- of I'll just not go instead of calling and canceling um so you just kind of sit around, and that becomes annoying because then other people call wanting an appointment, and you don't give it to them because you're booked, but then the person doesn't show up, so then it just it just bums out everyone, kind of. Um, but I will say the, the like, sheer volume of student foot traffic that we had both in the neighborhood and coming into the store has so drastically fallen now that the classes are all virtual um, that I think we might be able to, be, to open back up We'll have to have, before we had a sort of soft cap where it was like based on how many people would come in, but like, okay, if there was three groups of three, it'd be one thing, or if it was, I think we're going to have a much harder cap of how many people can be in the store at once, but I think we'll be back open to like walk-in browsing pretty soon and just have to be much more strict than we were before about how many people can actually walk into the store um, and try to limit some of the, you know, the, because now there's not nearly as many, it used to be there's like hordes of kids just like stomping around <laughs> like oh my god they've all got coronavirus we do so we closed up but i think we'll be we'll be in better shape pretty soon what's the uh, hot seller right now um well that new angel olsen thing and which is the it's like a stripped down version i, I guess more of an alternate version of all mirrors it's sort I, of I, what, I what had, the record could have been when that record came out i i think she already had that one in the back i remember reading that it was going to be released. A second version of it was going to be released soon after oh, that record. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, and then a record I've been—I honestly been meaning to talk about, but it never worked out time-wise because we missed a week, whatever. But the new uh, Zephaniah O'Hora album. Zeph, well, I picked that up. I, I picked that up the other day. Yeah, it's very and, good. Um, I—I've uh, been unabashed in my fandom. I've been listening to it constantly. I was gonna say it's as good, of a, good of a segue as any. So there, there's a different artist it. I've been listening to a lot of that I will not mention right now. It's a sort of secret project um, that pod listeners will be, will know about soon. But um, I've been doing my due diligence. But uh, the I think we should I, I think we should give a little peek behind the curtain. Well, I've been listening to a build, lot of Bill Callahan. Build some anticipation. Oh, I didn't even. I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Matt's lost. We don't tell him about everything that we do here, but 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 what we have going on is that we. No, Enoch, no one's more psyched about this than I am. Enoch first will of be all. ranking. I just didn't think about it. The, we'll be creating the definitive list 
of Bill Callahan albums. Ranked. We're going back to, to being definitive. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'll say this. Um, there are people who have listened to more Bill Callahan before than me, for sure. There is no one who is using as strict and following as strict and serious a methodology to listen to Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan doesn't listen to his stuff as strictly as I do. Like I, I'm following a very, very, very specific way of doing things to create a definitive ranking of every Bill Callahan, and this includes Smog. So this is a this is a page out how, of uh, how old hard d- does it rock from one to ten? Not not uh, how how gets the beat Ooh, from so one the, to ten? The, the highest is a two on hardest rock. Um, no, uh, well, well, he needs to rank it in the same way you rank a Molly Hatcher record. Yeah, this, um, so no di- so kiss. This is a page out of Dimwitty Dimwitty's book. He came on the pod. He said, "I've got every Neil Young ranked. We're gonna do it right now." We thought that was a fun idea. We're trying to think of little ways to do that again. Uh, for right now, we thought it would be fun to assign uh, Enoch <laughs> Bill Callahan. Uh, he has a new record coming out, which we're all excited about. Maybe Enoch not as much now. And the the vinyl um, comes out. Not, what, what date does the vinyl come out? That the uh, podcast is going to come out the same day. The twenty fifth of September. Yeah, I, Gold Record is the 25th. album. Yeah, my, I have both um, enjoyed the actual music, of course, but the process of it, it's nice to have nothing like. I don't have a choice. I am listening to this no matter what, and I'm also listening to it in a weird way. Of I'm not just listening to it well, of like... Well, let's, let's keep it a tease. We'll leave it at that. Look, I try to keep it all the way under the wraps. You're like, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about it. No, I, 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 I don't mind mentioning I, I, just didn't for, it, yeah. I just didn't even pick well, up on that's what, that, what you Because I've also been about. listening to a lot of Bill Callahan getting ready for it, too, so I think it's worth, worth mentioning. And then me and Enoch have uh, an artist for Matt that we will talk about at some point that he doesn't know about. Yet. At the end of the episode. I want to know what it is. Nope. Can't not, do it. Why why not? Not going to do it. <laughs> why why not this one? If not this one when? After the Bill Callahan episode. On the Bill Callahan episode. Yeah, that's that's when you find out. All right, so like next week. 2 weeks. If the record comes out on the 25th, we got to record it before. That's right. But another, another, so many it, peaks behind the, cur- the curtain here. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with belt banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um, I can't tell if that's real or not. We'll save it. Uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> give you a hint. Not. It rhymes with mock sparrer. <laughs> let's, move, let's move it along here. Chug um, I thought you were going to do a slick segue into that Zeph O'Hara as far as what you wanted to like talk about. Because we are going to talk about some records here. I could. I feel like I sometimes dominate the record talk with me going in too much maybe about um, recent country records that I really like. Um, also, I feel like he comes but, up pretty much every episode, so you don't have to go yeah, too yeah, deep that, on I that. I feel like it's so known that I... I 100% stand behind uh, his aesthetic and his songwriting style and choices, and the performances on this record now, and the sound of this record spe- is. Speaking of ranking, where would you rank superb. this in his catalog? You know, that's a great question. Something I've thought about. Um, I know where I would rank him. Easy answer. Go ahead. Of the two, I know this would be second. <laughs> 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 so uh, that's that's the end um, of the conversation for me. <laughs> It's similar to this the the situation of like where you you never like another one better than the first one you heard kind of thing. Sure. Um, so it's like not 
totally fair. But uh, there are there is a song on this one that I think if someone said that's his best song, there's a couple of songs like that actually where you could say that's his be- the best song he's ever made, and I think you'd be right. But as what far song as the whole record, I think Heaven's on the Way is is one of my like favorite jams of his. That's track one, side one, um, and I think that would be fair. But I, I also could, but as a whole album, it's hard. I mean, I thought this Iowa was great, so I think this is a great record too. I don't know how to parse. I feel like you gotta have more than two to start ranking things. Bottom of the it list. Just seems like <laughs> bottom of the list. Love this album. Bottom of the list. I love this album. <laughs> Let's uh, shift it on over to Nathan. You wanted to talk about a record, yeah? Yeah. Wait, I... well, give me one second here. Yes, please. Going with that Miller Lite. It's fine and dandy, Kev. I mean, it's five o'clock everywhere. Oh, yeah, that is what you always say. Sure does. There's that song you love. So good. There's that song you love. Hit it, Nathan Trice. Well, I've been listening to a couple things, but one of the things that I have been, um, that has kind of worked its way into rotation is this. Um, Georgia Ann Muldrow record that as that she has put out as uh, Joya Oti. I don't I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Oh, that's honest. going on the soundboard. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was Gioti. That's how I was. There we it. go. That's how I would have said it and did Gioti. Gioti. What'd you say? I don't know if that's correct, but Gioti. Gioti. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, but no, I've been listening to it a lot. Spodioti Gioti, delicious. It's a. Uh, it's by Georgia Ann Muldrow, who is somebody that I have been into for a long time. I first um, heard of her back in the day, maybe high school, college time, when she was on a record that I had a hard time finding. I think I have, I think I have it on. I know I used to have the CD, but this Platinum Pied Pipers record that was like a Dilla J, JD. It was when he was still JD. It was like a Stone's Throw. It wasn't zone. Stone's Throw, but it was the same type of shit. It was almost like. Right before Stone's Throw was, it should have been Stone's Throw, but it was like uh, founded by Enoch's favorite Peanut Butter Wolf. <laughs> yeah, but it was, and she had the um, the track opened that record opened with a JD song into a Georgia Ann Muldrow song, and it fucking ripped. And I, she was, I kind of just kept track of her after that, and doesn't really have any stinkers, and um, you know she's really good. I think that she has like she's like. Alice Coltrane's like her godmother or something like that. Like her parents are musicians and shit like that. Like she's just been, you know, has like every connection on the planet. And um, the new record is very good. It's a little jazzier, some instrumentals even. So I'm not exactly sure what she's playing on what, what song or what track is what. But um, I almost thought that Geodi could be a band, like a band name, and she was singing over this jazz band playing. I think that it's not. I think that that's like her alter ego for like her more instrumental tracks based on what I've read. So like the ones that she's leading and singing a lot of the songs um, are one thing. And then or that's what she kind of self-titles. And then this one is the one where she's kind of playing more instruments and doing, you know, different types of things. 
Right on. What's going on over there, Enoch? I think Enoch's making a bowl of chili. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have uh, Mike from Future Islands back on the pod here. <laughs> for, for those that uh, didn't notice on the pod, Mike's been about the whole Future Islands episode. Making, making different things. Making different types of food. He had a eating. bowl. He had a blender pitcher at one point. He had a... <laughs> Oh boy! And now Enoch can't even hear us zinging him. There's no laughter. No, no. Nah. Or fuck you or anything. He just he got <laughs> left. <laughs> oh man! But no, this. Did you listen to it, Matt? Oh yeah. What'd you think? I dug it. I I don't really know much about this person, to be honest with you. I re- I mean, I knew the I knew like kind of the scene she was in. But there gets to be so many of those kind of hip hop adjacent people in that whole Jay Dilla, Stones Throw world. It's just hard to keep track sometimes. And now, Enoch, did you just make a bowl of chili? What or what is going on over there? Now I, was all- I wish I'd made a bowl of chili. <laughs> what did you do? I did some shit, dude. I'll tell you what I did. Here's one thing I got. Hell yeah. Oh, all right, right. something tall and strong. Make it a Miller Lite so I don't feel a It's only half past 12, but I don't care. It's 5 o'clock. Speed it up. Oh, is that what I love chili. There's that something. <laughs> I love to eat chili. For those, for, for, for those that can't see this visual gagging, he's got, he's got a can of chili just cracked open. <laughs> Slurping it down. Yep. Got, got my straw right here. Got my silly straw. Put in my can of chili. Do you know what we were talking Actually, about? Matt, uh, I got some new hot sauce you should check out. No, I don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about this. Uh, that was chili. <laughs> this uh, George Ann Mulder record. What's the, what, what would you call it, Nathan? Jody. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's just Jody. Utakata no Hebe situation. But uh, no, it's very good. She's got a couple like Mingus tracks on it that she she kind of covers or remixes. I don't know how you want to how how that's done when it's kind of reworked. But um, it's it's really good, and I think that it's not the type of music that we always cover on the Nice Price Pod, but. I think anyone that listens would enjoy it. Um, the obvious uh, R-I-Y-L, I guess, would be, or at least comparison, would be Sun Ra, which is just the easy thing to say, but if it seems to be the one that most people would know who it, who it is. Um, you know, I think if, if people like that, that... I think that, some people would find that frightening, though. If somebody liked that Jeff Parker Sweet from Max Brown, then that would... They would like this. Or even more gentle, uh, even if you like like an Erica Badu kind of thing, sure. you might slide into this zone a little bit. Her vocals are like definitely I I really like her vocal style and Bad like Badu even tips a little bit too much into the Neo soul sometimes for, for me to like really vibe on all of her stuff. But this is like kind of post that where it was really you know, I don't think that George Ann Muldrow, until she started getting Grammy nods, ever thought that she was going to have a hit song like Badu did, you know? So there was, like, a little bit of freedom from that from the very start. Like, it was it was kind of weird from the beginning. So um, 
it's cool. Yeah, the 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 depth of uh, of this record is something I have not. I, I listened to it a little a couple times, but I haven't gotten nearly close to the bottom of whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot more going on than I have uh, than I have sort of achieved listening to with it. Enoch didn't like it, so uh, <laughs> no, no. I meant that as a compliment. Like, no, I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. I, I agree with you. There's a, there's a lot of shit going on here, man. And like and like also, she kind of jumps around a little bit. So it's um it's uh you know I'm actually yeah, I just I pulled up the a, I'm looking at the Bandcamp page a, and it, what a nice layered thing it is. It calls the studio album as part of her one woman jazz ensemble, Joyoti. <laughs> he says which, it different every time. Which you know I'm wondering. Does that mean she's playing everything on it? That can't be right. Has he considered saying it right yet? Just kidding. How do you um, how do you say it, Enoch? Because I feel like you could probably say it right. You're good at those things. I I don't know the right way to say it, but you, you were adding a couple of con- when when you said Joyoti, that was definitely adding. Joyoti. I would say it's like Giotti would probably be the G- best. That's Giotti. what I said. That's what I said. I don't know yeah. that that's correct. You know, that it could one, be Giotti. I hate this because I the way that I look at Giotti. that word, my mind puts an O between the J and the Y because that's a word that I know. So it's like it's a really hard, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, um, I was curious to know because I, w- I one thing similar to our microphones Mount Erie conversation, Nathan. I don't know if you know what is which what, will yeah, be had becomes, soon. <laughs> oopsie doopsie, <laughs> little little peek inside the sausage. How does that phrase go? Anyway, um, <laughs> that's how the uh, the, the shrimp yes, sausage please. is made. <laughs> Shout out to the locals. The uh, the uh, what what's the I know sonically I think I know the difference between a Georgia and Muldrow record and a Geody record, but I was curious if she had made it more. I didn't read anything about the record. I don't think of like the press behind it. If she had like very clearly stated the like. So had you not purpose. been heating up your can of chili, then um, we you might have heard she, she apparently considers these records more of her jazz ensemble type thing versus the Georgia and Muldrow records, which are her vocal records, kind of. So she doesn't. Got she it. sings on like almost every track. That's George Ann Muldrow. Where these are more. Um, it's a lot of instrumental stuff, and I think I. This one has more vocals than some of them do. There you have it. Yeah, this one. I I guess I haven't heard the other one, so this one didn't strike me as so much different. Yeah, this than, one sounds like I mean, a Georgia Ann Muldrow. I mean, th- yeah, I agree. More than so than so that's I was a little like kind of I wasn't sure, but um. Again, had to heat up my chili. Sorry for the fans. Um, See, I thought this one was pretty more like far out than some of the other stuff I've listened to her on Spotify. That's kind of why I drew Erica Badu as a as a comparison, not because it sounds exactly like it, but just for something to compare it to. Whereas this is more in the kind of more sure. free form yeah, yeah. zone. And for I, sure, it is. Yeah, I just she sang enough that I didn't know that it was. I, I got a little. I was curious if she had stated specifically, um, or and I also. Partially is because of everything that's happened with COVID stuff. I'm I view everything as possibly being like influenced by that, and it's like, well, you know, it was going to be a George Ann Mulder record, and then all this shit went down, and I couldn't get in the studio like I normally would, so I made a jazz. You know what I mean? No, fired up the uh, one woman band. It's it's a thing where I I was reading some interviews and stuff like that, and this is her project that she considers more of her jazz ensemble, and the fact that there's more vocals on it is kind of a coincidence, and that and she was saying that she just felt like that's kind of where the music led itself, but that was not where she kind of started out planning to like have a bunch of vocals like she would for her um, George Ann Mulder records. Just a quinky. Yeah, that makes sense. 
That does make sense, actually. Is there a uh, what is that? What's the title of the record, or is it just Mama? You can bet. That's it. Track one, right? And that's uh, an exclamation point. Is the reason I said it like that? Or actually, it's at least a track. I'm looking at this one. shit. The cover has a fucking period after bet, but the damn listing has an exclamation point. Which is it? Hmm. Make up your mind. Make up you your know? fucking mind. Just a period seems odd. You don't that, see that very often. Is it possible that the period, that the exclamation point is very stylized on the cover, and so you can't see what's creating the I'm going to text this to y'all. Right blends now. in a little bit. And you tell me. Texan. Officer, I've never even been to Texan. <laughs> Shout out to Walt Baines. Uh, <laughs> and his boy. Um, well, he didn't say that. That's tr- <laughs> truth. True that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll throw him one. So I just texted it to you. You tell me. Well, actually, I won't. I won't put his business out there. But he he, he reached a milestone recently that I, that uh, he should be very proud of. So congratulations to Walt Baines's boy. Congrats! If you're listening, we're proud of you, boy. Boy, comma Walt Baines's. Chuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, my album. It's more of an EP, I would say. Is by Lay Ren. Who's a person named Lauren, but her uh, stage name we'll say is L E space R E N. And she put out an EP recently on Mexican Summer that I found through getting into that Jess Williamson album I was into. Is it Mexican Summer? I think it's secretly Canadian. Ooh. Secretly Canadian. Secretly Canadian. Knew it had a, a country in the title uh i did get into it via my jess williamson fandom i think they're friends or of going through similar sounding things like riyls and looking for new things and uh i was drawn to the cover first if i'm being honest it's a very soothing kind of uh color scheme on the album i can't help but notice you like to be soothed who doesn't Nope. All right. Uh, I feel like you're particular. You're, it's you okay. Seem, you seem more interested in being soothed than most. Hey, in these kooky times, I'll take what I can get. Very soft blues. It's a cool kind of mountain range on it. She's climbing a rock. Uh, so it's a blues record, you say? <laughs> anyway, uh, listen to the first single. That was very pretty. Um, it's it's this is folk music when it boils down to it. Um, a very classic kind of sound. Uh, it leans toward country, at least two of the tracks. This is a four-song EP, if I didn't say that. Um, kind of on the sadder side, but I don't think it'll totally bum you out. It's it's still pretty sounding. Now, she's got a, a George Jones cover on there. The when I... The Day I Lose My Mind. Right, or the, you Lose Your Memory or, or what have you. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it's country-leaning folk music. And... Um, yeah, I've just been. I think I sent a single to Nathan a few months back, and uh, he kind of not zinged to me, but commented on how I was into very uh, kind of drifty now female vocal I, uh, things the this, past couple months. And I, I was like, yeah, sure. To, and I listened to this EP, and I said, snooze. And um, Ooh, and I listened to take, it a couple. I did the same thing that has happened to me a few times on the pod, where I listened to it a couple more times so that I could very accurately zing you. And I ended hey. up accidentally really liking this EP. <laughs> so, um, 
I'll no, take it. I got into it, and um, I think it's pretty good. And um, she is kind of country, so she's got a George Jones. It's not. A, it's a Dallas Frazier cover that George Jones did. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I knew that it was something. I didn't want to correct you because I wasn't sure um, myself. Well, he has a but, whole album of him singing the songs of Dallas Frazier. And it's not on that album. I couldn't find what album it was on, but it, it's it's a oh, it's song that, that it's not from that album. Also, a lot of those that era country dudes, it's you don't know who did it first sometimes. Yeah, it's wild yeah. that she would cover a high tech redneck. That's cool. <laughs> I don't need your but, rocking chair. And she had so she also was on tour with or- Orville Peck, a uh, friend of the pod. That might oh, have been Peckerhead. He'll post pictures of her. Like I just I, I saw I think I saw her on <laughs> Instagram sounds, first. Somehow. Out of context, he'll post pictures of her. <laughs> So, yeah. and so I was I was listening to <laughs> that. social. Needs. I also read the um read the uh, press release on the Secretly site, and it it said that she was raised on the Holy Trinity of songwriters: John Prine, Neil Young, and Bob Dylan. I saw that too, which I thought was a funny thing to say. Like basically the same thing that everybody listens to, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's not right. But um, Nathan uh, rank them. Those three. Ooh. Yep. As songwriters, Bob, songwriters exclusively. Bob Dylan, objective number one. or personal faves? Sorry, sorry, guys. I love yeah. all three. Bottom of the list. <laughs> I love this guy. So who's your bottom uh, of the list? Bottom of the list. <laughs> I love this album. Personal favorites or objective? You know, I, I would have a and hell not, of a we're time. Not talking, we're not talking Sonics. We're talking songwriters. So I'll say this: I would, so I would have guitar a, shit is out. My faves, my fave songs from. I would say Bob Dylan's number one for me. Just it's, he's just number one. Um, but between John Prine and Neil Young, I would maybe throw Neil Young a little higher, just out of volume of songs. Like the best to the best, I don't know if I could pick. Because songwriter doesn't just mean lyrics sometimes. Right, but I'm saying like I didn't want to hear any nonsense about like. What kind of fuzz pedal Neil Young used and shit like that? No, no, no. Just like he if, still arranged if, if a He's dude in like, a fucking Ramada was singing in the lobby, the like, hitchhiker though, that's what, what I mean. Like, no, the 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 basic the basic framework of the songs, as opposed to anything that like, I'm not talking about as artists. That's the, that's the difference of the challenge. I think Bob Dylan's number. I mean, Bob Dylan's. Can, can we all agree on like the people covering his songs and like the stuff like? It's that, hard to like, not put him number one. It's hard to not just I'll put him you. number one. The other two it's, are it's Bobby D and, boy, and just uh, just with anybody like he's. It's really hard not to put him number one when you're talking about that criteria. He's like the best that's ever done it. Just about he rules. Um, and then I the take. other two, I, I guess I have to go. I guess I'd have to go Neil Young over Pr- John Prine based on volume of work, but. I love them both. Tough ranking. Good question. Um, I wonder what Lay Ren totally would sidetracked say. here. Oh, oh, Lay Ren. That's right. Um, <laughs> I listened to one of her old songs that was a fucking straight up honky tonk song, and so I was wondering if this is a new. I don't. I didn't listen to a ton of her stuff. I will say that I didn't listen to like a lot, a lot of the old albums or anything. I just stumbled across this one song that she had a, a video of that was on YouTube that was a fucking like straight up honky tonk song. Yeah, uh, sometimes I'll have this on, just and it's only four songs, so Spotify will do the thing where when the thing is over that you're listening to, it'll go into the radio or play like a related song, and other songs of hers will come up. And yeah, it definitely leans in that like country. zone, which is how I would imagine that she got on like an Orville Peck tour. True, or, yeah. And gets associated with that world. She was in a band called, or maybe still is, called Maybell. Huh. And that I have not listened to. Uh, 
from Montreal, Quebec. She, you know, is Lauren of that band. Is and I saw she is a Canadian. She's three from, other people. She's from uh, British Columbia or something. So yeah, like I wish I had more to say about her as an artist. This is just something I wanted to throw in, like a drifty, pretty thing that I've been listening to that I think might uh might. May I ask uh, take- Matt what your roommate thinks of this music? <laughs> she doesn't really react to music. That sure. often. I, I think should, he was. I should clarify. Oh, talking about your uh, uh-huh. well, the, spiritual friend. My, <laughs> my spiritual friend. Uh, yeah, no. More of a ball uh, well, of gas that's kind of floating around. Well, I've seen you the video. Okay, okay. Check out L uh, L Ren Layren. Uh, fuck, I can never remember the order of the words in the EP title. It's two words. Um, morning and melancholia. I couldn't remember if it was melancholy and morning or whatever. So let's let's play. Um, I was gonna say let's let's play a Zeph song right now and go, going into a, our first collar, and then at the end of it, let's let's wrap the whole thing up with a Lairin and a uh, George Ann Muldrow song. Stay tuned for more on my roommate. I'll play Heaven's on the Way. It's track one side. Heaven's on the way. We're flying down this new road together. Just you and me. With love and mystery that follows in every single town. Heaven's on the way. Good times here to stay. The life we knew before was all right for a time. Well, who didn't know this was coming down the line? With that wind blowing through your hair And me smiling like a kid Heaven's on the way We won that winning bid There's no telling where we're headed If we'll find us some trouble Live out our dreams on the road We're not worried about tomorrow What's coming round the bend We'll map it up together And raise hell along the way Heaven's on the way, we've got better things to do to take a break from loving to stop and look around. Behind for the love we have in store, and the good Lord knows what we're living for. Keep a close eye over me, and I'll be looking after you. 
Heaven's on the way, best believe it's really true. There's no telling where we're headed, if we'll find us some trouble. We'll live out our dreams on the road. We're not worried about tomorrow, what's coming round the bend. We'll map it out together and raise hell along the way. Cause heaven's on the way, we've got better things to do. Than take a break from loving to stop and look around. We got a call in. Nathan uh, <laughs> has some things falling from the roof. Hey, you. But on the horn, welcome, Conchi. Thank you. Former and present guest. Former well, and present guest. Welcome back. Special and, once and a year guest, appearance. Probably. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> An annual showing. What's, uh, what's been up since we last talked to you? Um, I don't know, uh, a lot, I guess. Lots of things, lots of new stuff, changes. Um, still a nice price. Nice price got a lot of changes. That's true. Um, That's true. Mostly true. due to Conchi. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we all helped out. Um, it's looking cute there. Fortunately, no one can really come see it that much right now, but at some point. We can make an appointment. Yeah, you can make Get an appointment. There. And I'll you say, that? Uh, I hate to hear it, I'll full up. No appointments available for the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, just just <laughs> if, it's, if it's a listener, then yeah, we're full. If it's, if it's like a normal person who's a customer, then yeah, come on down. Yeah, we have a 10-day waiting list to, to get folks. No, just kidding. You can come through anytime. I do you like were- the folks that call and they're like, hey, can I get an appointment? I'm like, yeah, for sure, when? Like, I was thinking, like, right now I'm actually outside. Can I come inside? <laughs> and sometimes it is fine because there's no one in there but sometimes it's like hey I'm sorry actually that doesn't work out I feel, I've, but it I've, doesn't hurt to ask if you're already there I guess yeah, yeah no it's more about like the comedy of it of like yeah sure when and I like go to the Google calendar and but, then I realize that they are six, their face is six inches from mine on the other the side talking, of the, the talking on the phone through the glass thing is just like you can hear what the person is saying outside without the phone and whenever I realize they're outside I'm just like uh, do I just like hang up the phone right now or do I just yell at you through this I did last week. I went to get some records, and I sat in my car and listened to uh, listen to Spotify while I waited for Brian to tell me that it was okay to come in. He was like, "You got what a up? ten minute window if you can get over here." I was like, "Can I get over here? I'm in the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> also, know exactly what I want, so it's not going to be a long ordeal here. So, uh, off mic, you were talking about Girls Rock. Oh yeah. Would love to hear about that. Is that still cooking? Yeah, Girls Rock is cooking up. We have a lot of changes this year um, with not having our in-person camp. Um, virtual learning, they virtual, call it. Yeah. So we had a whole Zoom, four weeks of Zoom workshops and stuff. Um, I thought it went well. It was really cool. Um, it kind of sucks for a lot of many, many reasons. Um, but we were able to like have campers from far away and like um also have more like consistent like meeting times and stuff and uh leona's with it we're all meeting every week yeah. and it's cool yeah previous guest of the pod previous i, guest I of heard the pod. it uh i heard it coming through the door 
um, in my house many days. It sounded fun. Oh, yep, it's fun. Are y'all um, top secret? <laughs> I guess for top any band business. or any music thing trying to do this over Zoom, is there not that we would know anything about uh, Zoom issues, but mm-hmm. uh, are there like <laughs> delay? It like are y'all playing as as a group at times or just individual people doing their own thing? Yeah, we we didn't do any like any really like music instruction stuff or band forming this time just because it was like way too much going on trying to figure that out right now. But we definitely would like to do it soon. So if people know like stuff to we were thinking trying to like branch out a little bit like, all right, maybe this one person like records a bit here and then like maybe this person works on like editing it and like we teach y'all some of these softwares like over that and like i was about to say i yeah. i helped um leona install some dj software oh, to nice. yeah. beat match some things yeah we did dj so. workshops those Matt, are you ever uh know anything about beat matching how to do that <laughs> 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 yeah me and leona about to b2b that's gonna be sick <laughs> uh kanji if, if you're unaware of that zing that Enix dished out. I didn't hear Enix. Actually, um, Enix zings always just kind of fly over me. And ooh. I'm like, what was that? Did y'all see something? Like, yeah, they're not the best. But uh, one time when <laughs> I was DJing, years and years bits, ago. Exhausted bits, they're called. <laughs> <laughs> this one's still good. Uh, years and years ago, I was DJing at Neptunes. And at the end of the night, I looked in my tip jar. And the only piece of paper in there was not a dollar bill. It was a uh, note that said, Google beat matching. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've never heard of that artist before. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Strange request. I'll, I'll try to look him up. Actually, time. not that strange of a request, but so when you're um, just uh, playing songs from your iTunes, they don't love it. Exactly. Oh. This was pre-Spotify. I probably lugged a bunch of records down there like a jackass. You got to get iTunes open and then SoundCloud open so you can lower the volume on iTunes while you raise the volume on SoundCloud. That's how you mix it. Adelie. I know the pro transition pro. tricks, yeah. but uh, they didn't necessarily sound sound like they. When the beats weren't another. matched. Right. <laughs> oh, then you just play four songs at once. I'm more once. of a selector, so I would it, say. Yeah. Whoa. Four at once? Yeah, because then they can't even tell if the beats are matching or not. A little peek behind the curtain. A little peek behind the curtain. A little curtain more there. approach, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a peek behind, yeah, I think we're sitting behind a curtain realizing there's something insane behind it, but that's okay. Exactly. Uh, I have a question. Um, I will say one thing as far as the Matt asked. We have a regular customer at the store, uh, Mr. John Heems, who is a professional music instructor. And he has said that he's making things work, but I know that in the beginning, he said that essentially the technology is not, like at least Zoom or whatever, is not there for like that kind of musical instruction, at least what he was working with or his style. You can't play together. You can't play with each other. So you have to, play something and then have them play it back if he's doing any kind of like backing track or something like that then it's it's going to be a mess yeah i feel like any yeah. little cute clips you've seen like your favorite bands post on on their socials of them playing over zoom have been like edited in a very specific well, way there is a pro- so i have i heard about this because frank meadows who um many of us know used to work in raleigh is now in new york and he was doing some like jazz thing and he said that there's like a jazz a low latency jazz thing where you can like a lot of people can like play with each other but it's it costs money it's not the free version so Mm -hmm. um not as many people were doing it and even that was not perfect so there's uh there's ways to get around it but it's not a it's not a smooth thing yeah we might do some outdoor jam sessions like 
We've been brainstorming how to kind of get together and do that too. Yeah, maybe a chill zone 2.0. Chill Zone 2.0. Well, I don't know if you know about zone. this, but uh, our neighbors, like four houses down, have been doing dub shows like once a month, like huge. They rent a stage and build it, and there's like moving lights. Um, are so. people coming? Yeah, they, they get a lot of people, if actually. If they can afford it. <laughs> if they can afford it, yeah. yeah tickets are 40 bucks <laughs> per tickets? person. Tickets? And um, do they wear masks? Do they, they do, kiss? They do wear they masks. Do they dance on each other? Do they drink? They were wearing masks. I assume that there's, uh, there's at least some uh, Chiba going around. Based on the tunes I've heard, um, Chiba. Chiba, that's that's what older folks call uh, that's, that's marijuana. What, when people who listen to dub remixes of Wu Tang songs called marijuana. It's funny how my zings go over Conchi's head, but then her honestly saying Chiba question mark was so much more brutal than anything I've said. I like. And me like, uh, yeah. So it's like. <laughs> A dumb thing I just said. Enoch's whole goal for this is going to try to get one zing on me, but he only... I'm not trying to zing you at all. I never try to zing, zing Kanchi. I'm going to edit around this, as always, to make Enoch sound as stupid as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's real hard to do that, too. That's yes, please. <laughs> well, uh, I heard tell of a record that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. This is a podcast about records exclusively. Podcast record, record podcast, um... What record would that be? What record? I was going to talk about the micro- microphones in 2020 mm-hmm. that came out. Um, I yeah. It, now, is this is this technically a record or is it just that YouTube video? Is it like uh, more of like a, a like a slideshow? It's it's gonna be. It's coming out. All right, it's, it's coming, coming out. out. Severely, yeah, it's severely delayed due to uh, pressing plant issues. And how are they going to do that? I was, I, that's one of those ones like Sleep and some of those other ones where it's kind of just one piece of music. So I don't mm-hmm. know how it's going to split into a side A, side B. Yeah, it's a forty-four minute and forty-four second long song. Is that I appreciate. Right? That's yeah, it's, um, it's really cute. And I heard from Al came in was telling me that it was going to be like two records and like three sides of it, which personally. I'm like, I hate that. Just put something on the other One side. One extra yeah. flip. Right. It's confusing also. Because, like, Nathan, you can fit 22 minutes, 11 seconds on the side, right? Or 22 I believe you can. Yeah. Mm. So it's weird they would add extra. I feel like I have a, uh, I a couple things that are like, if they if they have an extra side, or maybe it's two, mm-hmm. which, in the case, which in case they're wasting both sides, but there's like cool etchings. Yeah. Maybe there's a, mega, at least make it a megaphone or like a caliphone record yeah. like oh, that. Oh, that would be cool. Just like now, I will say there are some... I'll just true, etch on it myself. There you go. Some true vinyl dorks that like the blank side so they can center their... Because uh, you, you then you can put the needle on the blank side and then you can oh. use that to, to set your tone arm perfectly. That is mm. a technique that some people use. And it's like for an individual album, like you can't just have one thing to do that. It's like, because it's it, there's not a groove, so it allows you to sort of like very precisely and perfectly align everything. Wow, they should include that with every record they put out, like a blank record. I don't record. know how it works exactly. All you need really is the one that you can just do it. You can pull that same one out and, and align it and then be done. But I do know <laughs> that, uh, what's it, there's a King Gizzard record that did the same thing where all the songs are the same, same length. Oh, quarters, because every song is like 420 or something. You know, I want to make fun yes, of that, please. but I'm in a band where that sat, where that would that actually, idea would go over really well. So, I so. think that's actually not it. It was like every song was ten minutes because it made up forty minutes, and they were each a quarter of the length or something. I forget exactly what it was, but um, I actually like that idea. I like the numerical um, fit. And so, 
how have you been listening to this mostly? Um, well, I I listened to it the first time um, on my phone, just like watching the video. So I would definitely, yeah, definitely watch the, it's like a visual album. So um, I thought that the video component was like very beautiful and like, um, just like, I'm, I like that's kind of the performance that I do a lot is like audio and visual combined and like it like it just can really enhance it and like if you can take out 40 minutes to just like sit down and like watch it also like the lyrics are on it too and it's just um, a series of photos that um, he took and is like setting them down like Ooh, I saw a little bit of this Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool, and it yeah. I think that the photos are like from his whole life. Yeah, they're all like. photos that he took, um, and they're like beautiful. I'm like just like wow, they're so good. Um, but like lines them up like perfectly. They're like everything. I just like um, yeah. I would. It's like a it was like a very comforting video to watch. Now I have a question that some Phil Elvrum heads are gonna roll their eyes at. What con- what makes a record a microphones record, and what makes one a Mount Erie record? Well, that makes me think that you haven't even listened to the song, Matt, because he very clearly explains that in the middle of the song. Oh, I've listened <laughs> to a, a, at least a portion of the song, uh, but I, I still don't know the answer to the question. Uh, Nathan should answer the question. Uh, he, I mean, basically, that's what he's he kind of says. Like, what does it sound like to make like if? What's the difference, kind of? What's Mount Erie versus that? And, like, what does it sound like to make a Mount Microphones record in 2020? And, like, that's kind of... Mm-hmm. Oh, he addresses it in, like, a self-aware... Yes. Asking himself of. even those same questions in a headier way. Kind of. Got I mean, it. That, uh, maybe there's, like, a more complete thing that I, they, I miss. But, like, I feel like that's kind of the point of it, is that, like, yeah, it's like... What's I, Palace Brothers versus Bonnie Prince Billy versus... Right. I truly John. didn't know, like, I guess, if there was, like, a literal difference. Like, if this was a band, usually... Or if it was just him. I, yeah, I misunderstood that, Nathan. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was saying, like, what's it like to make a record in 2020? Maybe that's like, what it was. Cause I don't know. All the insanity, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was, a, it was specific to, like, oh, hey, I'm the microphone. No, I think, I think it was the microphones. It's, because it's I believe specific. you. I'm just saying I missed it. Because, because you know, now that I'm thinking about it, he was one of the first people to – he had a tour booked ahead of this around this album that he had to move. So he was not – this was not a COVID recording. This is a record that – was coming out regardless, and then they had to modify plans around mm-hmm. COVID. So there were there were plans, and I remember he was one of the first people publicly that I saw reannounce dates for November. And I remember with the tweet, it was like uh, dates are rescheduled to November. That's probably going to be okay, right? Like that was like his tweet, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if it was. Yeah. But, um, uh, so I think this that that the question is not like a 2020 like what's it like i think it is specifically what's it like to go back and take a look at your earlier work and like remake things in the mindset of what he would would have had in like olympia when he was like kind of sneaking time at music studios and stuff like that like trying to make his own thing kind of like a solo more maybe even more of a solo thing than some of the mount erie stuff yeah, so this is so microphones is more solo than Mount Erie. Like there has to be a distinction, or else he wouldn't well, change. I mean, uh, some of the Mount Erie records are like big records, um, but you know the one where he's talking about his wife dying is like the most personal, singular yeah. record that I've heard in forever. Like I can't imagine yeah. that was a huge collaboration. So um, well, yeah, I meant like 
he's got a lot of albums, and even within those, like there's microphones, there's Mount Erie spelled out, there's Mount Erie MT dot Erie, there's even Phil Elverum records, like there's enough that I was like, like to Matt's question, I am curious, what is his actual distinction? When does he say to himself, uh, oh, like does he start out with a different mindset if it's a Mount Erie record, or does he make a record and like, oh, this is a microphones record? Yeah, I feel like also when I think about like just watching through that whole video that was just kind of going through his whole life from like when he was younger and like all of this like music coming out of him for so long and like all these different ways that he's trying to like approach it and like solve this thing or like show this thing and like I just see like I see it all just like so mixed together I mean it's like yeah. I've never even really like distinguished that much between the microphones and Mount Erie as much as just kind of like what connected with me at the moment and like this was just like a big like smush together of like everything it felt like just like a big recap of like the past years I also I so that I've listened to the uh, song Exploder, the microphone song Exploder that came out a couple of years ago um, more than one time because I, I really enjoy it. And if you haven't heard it, oh, and, I'll to that. and if you like microphones or any of his stuff, he does it for the Glow uh, Part 2, which is like also yes. like the ultimate microphone mm-hmm. song, I feel like. And um, he talks about like being young and like sneaking time at like the K Records studio and like basically doing everything himself and just like experimenting with things and stuff like that where I feel like and maybe that's what he's talking about in this in this um, song slash album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, <laughs> say if we were to play one, what would it be? But I didn't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I like the first track. But, we're, gonna take a, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back in forty-four minutes. <laughs> Saddle up. But uh, I feel like maybe um, you know he saw microphones from listening to that song exploder and this song. I think that it might be more of like a uh, you know, experiment. Ex- I want to say experimental, but even though Mount Erie at points has been experimental as well, in the same type of ways, I feel like in his head maybe that's like more a more youthful experimental thing versus like as Mount Erie's like him kind of figured he's got it figured out a little bit more. That makes sense. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I, I when I when I first saw the na- like finding out about the name change, I assumed it was honestly a like generic legal thing because microphones is a more generic name. Yeah, I just assumed that like, oh, somebody else had the name of the microphones. So he had to change it to microphones like, 2020. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, maybe he, I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm totally guessing. Yeah, I, like, I will I, say. I, I, was, <laughs> I thought that Mount Erie was a choice because microphones was a like uh, a generic name. I didn't realize even that it was um, you know like Alex G becoming Sandy, Sandy Alex, yeah. Alex G sort of vibe. Um, and like similarly with like Songs Ohio becoming Magnolia Electric Company, that was such a like specific choice that made like that had like its own actual like chronology that I was I didn't know if this one had the same thing I don't think so I think it's more of like a like a thinking back to how we used to make like kind of a retrospect and I think that's that's why the video is so worth watching is because as he's going back through his life and talking about all these things I mean it's really he goes through it's almost like an autobiography in some ways like oh my god yeah (laughs) it's really cool and he goes through and he and you just know that he had like all of these pictures I'm assuming in very meticulously put together very nice photo albums that he took apart for this yeah. and uh it's it's worth checking out and watching with the with the, the song slash album mm. i i 
feel like I connected with this album so much because I'm always like trying to archive and like document everything that's going on, just like recording things, taking pictures, video, whatever. And like at some point with and like mixing it into all of my music and stuff. But like to get to a point where I could like <laughs> put together like a 40 minute video of like just telling people about my life and like first of all that would just be fun on its own but like to have like people actually like watching it and like yeah. interested in it that sound like that's like that's my aspirations now like it, it's really good it's really if i think that it's strangely one thing i i was noticing while i was listening to it speaking of the difference between mountain hearing microphones even though that he does this in both but i think of it as a very microphonesy thing is that if you listen to it in stereo the guitars are p- kind of it's two guitars hard pan playing one guitar part basically so it's if you're listening to it in headphones each side is going to be doing a slightly different thing. But if you're listening to it in a big s- stereo system, you might not notice that. Mm. And that's a thing that he did on like a lot of the microphones records, like the early stuff where it's like, gung, gung, gung. I, I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. uh, for me to like explain yeah. it with my mouth because it's a stereo oh, thing. Congos, bongos, or gungagungs. Nathan is waving his hands past his ears. Yeah, if you could have seen the hand <laughs> motions, it would have really explained the rhythms a little bit better. But for a zoom vid. Yeah, I should just screen record the zoom. But I think that that was another reason that I was thinking of it as like a microphones type thing. That's something specifically that he talks about in that song Exploder for the Glow Part 2. And that's something that I've, I think that he's really good at that's hard to do in like kind of a subtle way without sounding like a fucking... I mean, like, without sounding like you're trying to cover up a problem, you know, because if you double up songs like that, sometimes it's, like, because you're lo-fi and can't quite get it clean, but he is lo- lo-fi at times, but it's more of, like, a tasteful, like, thought-out thing. It's very subtle, and I like it. I, I really like those, like, tricky panned things that he does, like, the production mm-hmm. techniques that are kind of kind of simple, but, but really well done. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That sounds more like an actual production like technique or trick sometimes when you hear people like the tricks of certain producers it's just simply the amount of time or space or gear they had and it's like oh well like given like uh, uh, like unlimited resources then yeah sure you can come up with some stuff but, like this that sounds like a true actual like hey what if i did this <laughs> like an actual like um, yeah yeah like more uh unique solve i guess I, um i was I also have any of y'all seen the Seven Up series of movies? The way Conchie is mentioning this, this photograph, these photographs. The Seven Up series, like the, like I, the beverage. Oh no, I know yes. what you're talking Nathan about. Nathan the Noid. That's what I would like to know <laughs> if you've ever seen. I've uh, I've never watched them, but I, I they're people love them. Like they're sp- supposedly they're they're great. It's a, a set of documentaries in which they checked in on the same group of people every seven years. So seven, they're, uh, they're all they're seven years old, and then there's fourteen up. There's 21 up, tw- and I think all the way up to 63. Wow. Mm. Where they, where you That's get to see cool. the entirety of these people's lives, for better or worse. Um, and obviously, it's more of a commitment this one video. But that idea of, um, I do very much. That's my kind of documentary style. Is the like I like not the mundane, but the 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 regular, honest face. Yep. Like life story is a thing I'm very into. Um, so I do like the idea of this record being a sort of um, like he happens to have some level of renown but it sounds like how much time this has been put into m- getting this to where it was he could have turned out to be unsuccessful and he would still make this 
not a wrap up, but a, a marker. That's yeah, a, that that's a good yeah for sure. And also, when he played hopscotch a couple of years ago, and he mailed us Enoch, you probably remember this. He mailed to oh, Nice I remember, Price. I remember this. I was working. He there had at the time. sixteen boxes of records, so it was his first Before tour stop, and he was flying out here and renting a van, which is something West Coast people a lot of times do for hopscotch. They'll come out, um, fly in, rent a van, and then do like an East Coast run, and then fly back out from their last date. And they'll mail in their, their merch to the first date, mail it out from the last venue. <laughs> and they mailed and it all to Nice Price. Mailed it all to Nice Price. That's the Hopscotch headquarters for um, <laughs> for receiving mail. Like, I always know somebody's going to be there, so I'm not going to lose 16 boxes of microphones merch. But, um, or mounting your merch. But instead of um, doing what, like, I think most people, almost every other person, most, the whole, every other, person, <laughs> every other person on the whole planet would have done, which is um, weigh it, then take a like a stamps.com or USPS or whatever and print it out and then put that label on there that has the weight and the total and then scan it. What he did instead was figure out how much stamps per box he needed and had very thought out, well placed stamps that were like artfully d- displayed across each box and and like there's dozens. So many. I mean, it's boxes of records. These are like 30-pound boxes of, like, sent with stamps. If you and know anybody, you think someone may, had sent a very heavy sheet of stamps. It was, like it it was, was so just, crazy. There was, there was more stamps than there was anything else. I was like, look at all the damn stamps on those boxes. Well, I remember when I when I dropped it off, I was like, was so bummed. those oh, stamps look like uh, really cool. He was like, yeah, I was, I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> I was like, okay, so he, he is, like, aware. Do they have recall, to count the stamps? Was, I guess. Because they're kind of sucks. <laughs> But it's pretty. What did you I say? Remember, he, he, I thought there was a reason for the stamps. He had like found them, and he had ton, like someone had collected them, and they had no actual like like collection value. They were just valuable as stamps. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just keep using these things. Maybe. And so he's been. I think that's. I, I thought there was something weird like that. But I remember it was our OG mailman. Um, uh man, he he then was our Oakwood mailman. But he pulled up in the truck. Oh, he's our like, guy. Yeah, and he was like, hey, uh, I've got. 16 extremely heavy boxes covered in stamps. <laughs> but like, you're like, you're like so classic Elverum. Well, when when I saw this video where he was by hand placing mm-hmm. photos in order that he yeah. had like thought out, I was like, this is 100% somebody <laughs> that would also cover these boxes yeah. in stamps. Like it made so much sense to me and I was very into it and it made kind of made me like engage in a different way. Like we, we also made a lot of uh, Costanza fiance jokes. Um, <laughs> like, that, like, oh, yeah. it, was, was he going to miss oh, the show boy. because he got poisoned <laughs> by all the stamps he licked? Yeah, he was he was cool. And he also came with his uh, little little child on tour with a nanny, and they were, like, hanging. It was, like, a very amazing situation. Nice. I was – I was he ruled the whole time. Yeah. Conchi, a couple of times throughout that, uh, you mentioned your own, uh, your own artistic endeavors. Ooh. Is there anything you want to throw in uh, bef- before we wrap up? Plug-wise? Um, my plugs. Well, um, you know, we've been in quarantine for like six months now, and I haven't worked on any music because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> but um, a message to all the artists out there. Don't feel bad if you haven't worked on anything because, like, honestly, it's a really hard time right it's now. Hard. You can it's do hard. it anytime. You can do it any. Yeah. You also, you've been – I've seen – you on zoom calls with leona and i've seen you at nice price and i've seen you so i know that a lot of people even though that the like the word is that everybody's got a lot of free time a lot of people are still working like kind of overtime to make up for the difference and what how things are changing yeah it's been a lot um but what i did do was wrap up a lot of my old stuff and put it together so my artist name is gudia um g-u-d-i-y-a and i'm gonna have up a little website soon with like some of this and (laughs) 
funny enough, two 40-minute long videos <laughs> that are um, this audio-visual performances that I've done for like Hopscotch past two years that I'm going to upload and release, um, which are things where I'm like, yeah, you know, nobody's really going to sit down and watch this whole thing, but maybe somebody will. Um, and I think it's a lot better if you watch them with the together. I, I just think that's a cool experience. Um, well, we will so certainly yeah, post that. all that. Yeah, I saw one of the, I saw the Neptune show. Oh, yeah. I that thought it was cool. I, I, I'm, and just to clarify, you're going to post the video that you played mm -hmm. at those shows, but not a mm -hmm. video of those shows. Yeah, I didn't rec end up recording those shows, but I, like, revisited the audio and, like, re-recorded that. And then okay, got I'm it. just putting the video out so people can watch those together. Yeah. Oh, also with this uh, microphones, I love that he puts the lyrics on the screen. I just I want more artists to do that with their lyrics. Sure, videos, why not? Cause, like, Put them up there. It, add, it adds a lot to it. I like it when they're slightly wrong. I've seen that a few times, and it's always slightly wrong. It gives me a little thrill. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, you assume that the artist is wrong and that you weren't misunderstanding? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they think that they said dog here, but really uh, yeah. they said um, No, it, yeah, it's actually Imagine All the Sheeple, John. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, uh, but like, it's, when it's more of a homemade item, and you're just trying to find a song oh, on I got YouTube. You. Yeah. And the first one that pops up is like, you know, some random dude who made a lyric video. It's a, you know, a Travis Tritt song, and there's like a couple of things that are like just slightly off. I, I love when I see those, and then I look in the comments, and it's somebody being like, "This is the best one of these," and I'm like, "This person's like what? Like <laughs> six of the same homemade lyric videos for this, and decided this is the one." Like my favorite is uh, asking who is here in. Insert whatever, whatever year. year. I love that's my, that. That's my favorite one. <laughs> my, I love that. Who's here in 2019, y'all? For real. It's the internet <laughs> version of like when, when you go to like the top of like Grandfather Mountain and somebody's like carved every single thing for forever. And you're just like, oh, look at all this shit. It's like the uh, internet version of that. I love it so much. Yeah. Is there uh, anything you want to add? Just someday, fellas. We'll, we'll have this episode. <laughs> this episode will be on YouTube, right? Um, and, yeah, with and, all the captions. And one of the comments will say, who's here in 2027? You know what I'm yes, and that commenter will be me. <laughs> Heck yeah, there you go. I was in the chill zone Finally in 2020. Catching up on all of it. Um, no, I don't got anything else to add. Thank y'all for having me. Thanks um, for swinging yeah, by. I will be come back maybe with Leona and talk about some. Oh yeah, some yeah. Girls for rock a, stuff. A we got more app. going on. So yeah, we'll get Leona back on there. She tries to I roast everybody come back so every hard. Time. Um, maybe even in place of either Matt or Nathan. I was thinking well, you. We, we had some Sanji ideas said cooking. That's why I said that. <laughs> I guess they had some ideas cooking. Me and Nathan were just kind of taking it. <laughs> Me and uh, uh, we were talking about this I earlier, and Kanchi said that she thought that she could do a pretty good nooch. So we were deciding yeah. who would replace us, and I, Leona ended up with me. Yeah, we're all gonna come on together and wait. So Y'all all leave. Matt, we're doing a Bizarro, uh, yeah, yeah, episode. And wait, just gonna, I'm just gonna make a bunch no, of jokes Liz, Liz about Liz will be me. Oh. And then, then Allie will be on as well, being her, her the old podcast. She's well, back I, from the dead. They should just start a podcast. I'd listen to that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll just call it the first day nice of the rest of their lives. Price podcast. Hey, hey, now. The also nice price <laughs> podcast. I'm down. <laughs> well, there you have it. Stay tuned for that. Our soon to be more successful sister podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kanchi. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bud. See ya. Oh wait. Should we play a quick song from this we'll, microphone? We'll play some sort of a segment. A clippy clip. <laughs> yeah, just, and we'll be right back. Okay. okay, gotcha. I returned to my station wagon with a wet face. 
extravagant solitude invigorates. I drove back to Olympia clear-headed temporarily and went back into the studio to resume whatever this thing is, this spooling out repetitive decades-long song stream. This river coursing through my life These wild swipes at meaning And now I circle back To look into the spring When I was 17 It was 1995 Tapes I would make late at night after work at the record store. I was already by then a couple years deep into this weird pursuit. Playing drums, copying lyrics out to hang them in my room until I started making my own embarrassing early tries at this thing that sings at night above the house branches. I wanted to capture it on tape At first I called my recordings a different name I called it the microphones on the third cassette I made cause I loved recording and the equipment seemed to be living and it sang to me like static interference from the small AM radio station down the street night in and a chorus in the mid 90s oil tankers rumbling I stayed late recording every night and I drove back to my Headlights through the trees along the Hard Lake Road Winding down the dark slope Beneath my Erie I was already who I am It's the Freak Phone, and here's the party freak <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Hey, it's party freak <laughs> Uh, sorry for the delay, um, but uh, welcome. Well, thank you very much. We got, uh, so calling in, we have, um, let's see, um, collector, filmmaker, I'm trying to think of all your uh, credits. I'm um, not really a filmmaker. I've helped uh, make some films. Yeah, you've, you've slid in a couple. Brag. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um. You're the what CEO? Would you say of lunch meat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, I guess I'm the head video vor over at lunch meat. You know what I mean? Uh, right on. 
I gotta say, I love this guy as a CEO and a filmmaker, and yet collector comes first on his bio. <laughs> I was trying to tie it into uh, the general, the normal nature yeah, he's of the like pod. Kind of a geek, I don't know what else you got. CEO. Well, okay, here we go. Um, generally, we talk about records almost exclusively, but uh, I figured Uh-oh. even though, but I figured your uh, passion, I guess we'll call it, kind of finds yourself in the same sort of uh, positions or even the types of places as nice price being like secondhand stores and like digging through dirty, dusty corners of weird old buildings and stuff looking for things. So, uh, Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the same, same vibe. So how would you, uh, describe what it is like the mission statement of lunch meat and what you do as a, uh, hobby and even a career? Uh, so lunch meat is a print and online publication. That's uh, dedicated to the appreciation, celebration, and preservation of VHS culture and video store culture. And pretty much anything that falls in, in the VHS world, VHS realm, all the weird stuff, obscure stuff, classic stuff, the artwork, the movies, the people, um, the culture in general, everything that's come up in the past, you know, uh, you know, past 10 years, you know, past five years especially. And uh, basically Lunch Me is just celebrating tape. You know, VHS tape and, and all the wonderful content that it contains and preserves and uh, just having fun with tapes, man. VHS stuff, VH stuff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, has there been um, <laughs> There's like a... Sorry, real quick. There's like a... Me and Matt are... Was that, my, a, was that answer too long? No, no me no. and Matt are in, our, in my carport and there's like a... Is that a human or a wild cat? Well, I couldn't just... tell. That's why I, <laughs> I freaked a for a second. A coyote. Did you, you hear that, like, Enoch? I you heard know, a, a howling. <laughs> I thought, and I was like, no. is that like I, I thought maybe uh, uh, I thought maybe Josh would like full character, and there was some sort of freaky deaky movie playing in the background because all I heard was some sort of odd like sort Shriek? Of howling sound. No, yeah. I think that uh, maybe there's a listener. Well, yeah, stand by to see if that happens yeah. again. But well, no, for, Josh, I was former listener, current victim in the background. It sounds like. I was mostly worried, Josh, that I was just at, like, uh, if you were tired of answering that. I'm sure every no, little thing you no, do. No, I mean, I love it. That's why I do it. I love talking about it. It's a pleasure to talk about this stuff, you know. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk about something you love, you know, and I think it's it's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I used to do uh, records. You know, I used to have my own label, and I used to work for a record label for, like, you know, six, seven years. And so I, I actually did not know that. With, yeah, I, uh, I have a history with vinyl anyway. Um, what label was it? I'm curious. Uh, Relapse Records. I worked for Relapse for like six or seven years. <laughs> Heard of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got one or two of those in my, yeah, in my closet. Yeah, might, might be the biggest yeah. metal label in, the, in America currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I, it, they probably are. Yeah, I will, I I will mean, say this, um, no, no BS, and I don't even know if you still like them or not, but I will say that uh, at Nice Price I deal with a lot of we order direct as much as humanly possible. Um, sure. They are in the they're on the short list, the top probably five as far as easiest to deal with, nicest, um, most hospitable to small stores like ours. The people that um, don't get mad when we're only ordering a few things and are always kind in every way. Um, so I, I regard like shout out to Relapse Records and the way they handle their business in general and how cool they are to at least us and I'm sure to lots of other small stores. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Uh, do you? I don't know if we should say, right, is it Mike Giuliano? Is that who you deal with? How do you uh, get your yeah. records? Uh, I have someone different now. Uh, the name is escaping me. Um, it's a newer person that I had not had before. Uh, I believe Mike was the dude who I learned 
uh, when he accidentally CC'd me on an email that uh, they call me Nucky at, <laughs> at Relapse HQ. Because um, oh, I, I, I had sent an email, like an order, and then he sent it back to me, and he said, like, hey, Nucky, just send in another order. Go ahead and pack it up. But he sent it to me by accident, and I was like, well, I guess they call me Nucky at Relapse. Yeah. Like, I get it's the Boardwalk Empire character name. Um, and that and his name's Enoch, and he they, his nickname is Nucky, and I'm I'm happy to have his the boost of the name recognition that he has provided me. Um, but it was a funny little <laughs> little thing to find out. I mean, that all sounds about right. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my experience at Relapse was uh, it was really really valuable, and I had a great time there. And uh, Matt Jacobson, the guy who started relapse and he was such a great guy all the time and um, I learned a lot there like I said I uh, started my own label with my friend Ben Harris um, years and years ago and that's actually where lunch Meet came from I met Ted who started lunch Meet with me at relapse so it all it all came from that I was Very writing cool. yeah I was uh, working in the mail order running the customer service for the mail order for a while um, you know and, and packing packages before that and um, doing live events for relapse like the Maryland Death Fest and stuff. But uh, Ted and I both worked there, and we started writing for the Resou- uh, resource catalog. Do you remember that? The Resound? Relapse Resound catalog. Do you guys remember that? Mm-mm. I don't so know. It was a, so it was like a print catalog that would come out, and it was like full of interviews with, with their bands and stuff like that and everything they would carry. Um, and so I was writing for that, and uh, Ted and I were like, let's start our own zine, and that's how it started. Nice. Hell yeah. You've you been to make uh, big bucks, so you obviously <laughs> went right to the VHS. <laughs> you said big bucks. Yeah, yeah, man. You were rolling in that the, in the moolah with all the, the VHS money that's floating around. The only big bucks deal, I man. got are, are hunting tapes. I don't know what you're talking. Hell about. yeah. You got any uh, build dance, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you have. Uh, we generally ask. Um, our guests, at least as of the past few months, um, in regards to quarantine and things like that, if they have been, there have been any like uh, discoveries, rediscoveries, new developments, uh, things like that um, that have come either because of or just during your free time, your just the, the weird vibe overall. Uh, any, anything, anything to speak of in that regard? I know you have yeah, some collabs, really or yep. <laughs> your whole—I th- guess your whole thing is always trying to discover the new thing, yeah, or, di- or, or dig up something or, or, that you haven't seen. Or the old thing. Yeah, I mean, so much stuff. I mean, so when you say that, do you mean like? Titles, I even mean like hobbies, or, or even like yeah, like a thing you. Oh, I've had a copy of this book around on my nightstand for ten years, and then I finally had time to actually read it. Or yeah, hobbies like Matt said, gardening. Gardening? No, that's not me. Uh, I do buy flowers for myself and put plants in the house, though. Hell yeah! Uh, so th- that helps out. Um, I don't know, man. I watch all kinds of stuff, and it's kind of it was my lifestyle anyway. It was like being home and watching movies. Uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. That's yeah. That's um, me. I feel you. Yeah, I feel like my lifestyle has not changed uh, as drastically as most. I have definitely started exercising a lot more. Uh, I'm eating better. Um, you know not going out as much <laughs> yeah. so you know those big those same yeah well um, not the exercising as much but, what but i've just been, i've been able to focus on on lunch meat you know because when i was here doing vortex video vortex at alamo i 
I was very focused on that for two years. And I think lunch meat, you know, uh, didn't get enough attention. And I'm really glad that I can be able to step away from that and focus on lunch meat and, and do a lot, you know, cause I just launched a new website and, you know, worked on a bunch of other projects, new issue, uh, VHS tapes coming out. So it's exciting, man. I'm glad that I have it to work on and it's cool. Yeah, that was going to be what I essentially asked you next. I saw you had a bunch of little things popping up that you were uh, like a website, some new tapes, some collabs. It looked like you had a few things cooking, so that's why I wanted to have you on and to be able to promote them or talk about them in any way that you wanted to. What's the, really uh, what's the website that. name? MontreatVHS.com. Unbelievable. Ooh, See, wow, that's, got the full uh, name. We've run into some issues over at Nice Price HQ with website names and we ended up with NicePriceBoo.com, couldn't afford couldn't, the KS, and I'm really surprised to learn that you letters. kind of nailed yours every single every single letter you wanted. You got it right in a row. That's crazy. <laughs> I got it a long time ago, honestly. Uh, that website's needed to be redone. It was around since like 2011 or something. It was old. Dude. Yeah, I've I've been aware of you on Instagram via uh, past guest of the pod, uh, Valiant himself. Uh, and I love that dude. It was it was a total like trip out moment when you moved here and we're working at Alamo, and I was like, oh, I kind of I know who this guy is, or I know who yeah. I know his Instagram at least. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, right. like I yeah, you've been in the in the game for a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, man, and it's uh, it's changed a whole lot, and it's really exciting. And uh, uh, I got you know my number one thing I'm looking forward to is uh, VHS Fest at Mahoning. And uh, that's happening September 18th and 19th in Lehigh, Pennsylvania, the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's really cool, man. It's uh, yeah. Are you going up there, or is it, like, streaming, too? Oh, no, it's not streaming. We're, it's going there. Mahoning's been doing really well. and uh, You know, when I, I've, we've done it. This is the fourth year in, the, in a row that we've, we've done this, and, you know, we're taking precautions, of course. I mean, drive-ins are, are ideal to watch movies right now, and I think they've, they've really – you know, come back and helped people get out of the house and watch movies and yeah, drive-ins yeah, have that, been like hell. That rules, like, yeah, hell yeah, during this time. I yeah, love to hear Jurassic about. Park was like the number one movie in America or whatever. <laughs> I love to hear about movies that are like anything happening that hasn't been shut down but can still be safe. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment right now. It really is, and I think drive-ins, you know, are kind of at the top of that right now, and I'm, I really love it. I really hope it gets people interested in drive-ins again, and people see how much fun, good, wholesome fun it is to go to a drive-in. You know what I mean? And, but it also allows us to do this event, you know, and, uh, you know, we do have vendors and, and things like that, but everything's spaced. It's, you know, everything is, is, uh, highly cautious. And I was, you know, I talked to them and make sure that's like the number one priority is like, you know, I just, that's where we're limiting tickets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we just don't want it to not happen because I think it's a, it's a great thing for people to get together and do that sort of thing and do it in a safe way. You know, we all know what's at stake and, uh, it's nice. Like I've been there in within the uh, within the pandemic, and it's just it's you feel really safe because you're just like you know, there's space, but there's six feet in an open field, basically. Yeah, yeah you're in an, you're in an open field. Yeah. So. And also, just yeah. on it, like I, that has to be fucking rad to you to host it in somewhere like that because drive-ins started as a way to kind of show B movies and movies that didn't make the main like the the main drag or whatever. So that's like, I don't know. That's just a very fun, cool thing to show to show these movies that you have obviously curated on. Are you showing movies on the drive-in, or you just doing it because it's a big open space? Oh yeah, so we do um, uh, three movies each night, and they're 
screened from VHS on the big screen. So sick. Uh, it's really exciting, dude. And we've been doing it for, for four years now. And it's great. You know, you're, you're watching these like crazy VHS only or VHS driven movies and um, everybody's hanging out and, and it's just good vibes, good, good times. You know, do, it's a fest. Do you, uh, do you find most of your movies just like literally going to places like nice price and, and searching the VHS section? Or are you like scouring eBay as well? Like what's, what's the, uh, are you like, I remember like going Nathan's to scrap always it. trying to get the plug. <laughs> Well, I, well, my favorite, my, one of my favorite things is just like searching this shit out. You know, like I used to go to, when I used to work in Durham, I would do everything I could to avoid the fucking hellish commute back. And so I would stay into Durham till like seven or eight sometimes just like fucking around. And I would go to scrap exchange and just get like a fucking million VHSs and you would just find the craziest shit. And I feel like that's probably the best way that makes the most sense just to just be out there just buying VHSs. But I don't know if you have like. Like what's your like what's your like process for for like vetting a movie, I guess? Oh, vetting it? I mean, I don't know, I just check it out. If I know anything about it, if it sounds cool, if it looks cool, if it's got somebody cool in it. Cuz it's probably 50 it, cents. So yeah, why not is, just throw it in is, the basket? Is the art is the artwork <laughs> rad? Like, yeah. I mean, like is you know, uh it's just how weird is it? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's an entire package, you know, and I've been collecting VHS tips for a long time and I'm attracted to a lot of different things. But to answer your first question, I mean, yeah, finding stuff in the wild is the best. I mean, I think that's why one of the reasons why I fell in love with VHS collecting and finding films and finding content this way is like, man, man I don't know what this is. And like, it's yeah. 10 cents, you know, like, man, this looks awesome. Like this desert snow. What is this? A quarter? Yes. And like you, and nowadays when you go out and find stuff, it's even more magical because like, you know, VHS collecting has, has gotten much more popular and prices are insane online and stuff. And so people are out there looking at tapes a lot more, which is, excuse me, a great thing. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously I buy tapes online right now because I can't really go out and find it. And, um, that's but, how I, that's how I know that it is like, in a in a way you're a true, just passion of yours, just the format itself, because you even think it's great that the like these people are out just kind of looking for the just like the it. big ones yeah. and you're like hey if they're out looking for them great I, whereas a lot of people would be like no i don't want these people looking for this thing that i'm looking for because i want to be the only one out here looking for these things yeah, they got just as much right to it that i as i do yeah. i mean I, I think like i i've been you know vhs collecting's come up a lot in the past five years and people are gaining interest and i think that's awesome i think these movies are going to be preserved i think the format's going to be recognized more i think more people are going to have more fun I think people, you know, like, because people, you know, seem to be really passionate about collecting. You know, you collect records, you're passionate about it, it creates a community. And all these things are great, you know, and um, of course there's downsides to everything, not to sound too chipper about it, but I mean, like, it's a great thing, dude. And yeah. going to VH, going to VHS Fest, dude, I, there's going to be a lot of tapes there, so I'm excited to, like, you know, look at some tapes on a table and be like, I want that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, uh, I'm only speaking anecdotally from working at the store, but... Um, the the current crop of people that buy VHS and look at our VHS tapes are limited down to like uh, World War II veterans and then like Heads. teenagers, like kids, like <laughs> new, like young kids that are into like that are into the culture the way Josh is talking about it. But it's not like 
it's not dudes my age. It's like young kids that are going in there and like looking for weird stuff, looking for gnarly I, stuff, I used picking to, up weird things. And I, I'm, I'm, I was always, I mean, it's sort of to be expected in a weird way, but also, um, like even younger than the like resurgent vinyl crowd is the VHS crowd that I see at least firsthand at the store. I can't speak for like everywhere collector wild, but as far as the people that are coming in our shop, it's always like super young kids, and it's pretty rad. Well, that's encouraging, and I also think that those kids are learning it from their parents too. You know, so I mean, I think you know, it's like uh, I've met I've in the past few years I've met eighteen, nineteen year olds that don't even really know what a VHS tape is or never really used one. So think about that. So I mean, yeah. it's 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 just yeah, I think it's it's cool. I see a lot of youth into it too. When I was running Vortex, I would see I would love to put on tapes for like you know five year old kids and stuff, and they're like, "What is this?" And their parents are like, "What is this? Do you know what this is?" And it's <laughs> It's like a, it's like a moment, you know, and it was really cool. So I have a question. What is the, uh, what are, are there VHS like slang? Like, what do you call like, like a bad, ta- like, do you have like, what's the slang that like the heads use when they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go check out some, I'm gonna go check out some bricks over at Nice Price. Like, what do y'all? Bricks is what eating is. There's got to be a word that I don't know that you like. Because I, I was surprised that you kept calling them tapes. I kept thinking he's gonna say something like. Some sort of like hip insider, like thing. like vinyl uh, well, freaks yeah. will say like wax. Oh sure, Precisely. I mean you got you got to read some lunch Pieces. meat, man, because I I have the vernacular all over that, you know oh, slabs. There you go, uh, you know, and uh, we call them slabs, dope rarities. I'm looking for some dope rarities. <laughs> I mean, there's there's tons of vernacular like tape heads, video wars, uh, you know. So I mean, there's definitely vernacular running around there, but I, I just call them tapes. Um, hey, so I don't we, we don't we don't call them videos. Like, hey, do you got any hot videos? Do you got any videos? Some people do. Some people well, do, I guess. VCR well, the, tapes? There's the joke for but you. But you, <laughs> you call it a VCR. Well, yeah. That's a very common. Well, a people funny thing now, a, a, a funny thing now is people don't even think to call what you play them on a VCR. They say VHS player, which takes way longer to say. Is that right? It's just called a VCR. Yeah, yeah people VHS say v- player. VHS player a lot for some I mean, reason. Yeah, and you, you hear VCR tapes, you hear VHS player. And we, we know what you're talking about. I, I, uh, I love it. I, 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 uh, I think that anybody that isn't familiar with some of these rarities on VHS, they should check it out because check dope out Lunch rarities. Meat. I, <laughs> the dope rarities. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not like uh, any kind of collector in any real way, but I used to, I, I, like I was saying, I, I would get. You just liked the format. I like the format. I, I had a cassette tape label that would put out because i like tape things and um one of my favorite things was getting the blank vhs's and just seeing what was on the vhs's like and i I remember just being shocked at how many like six out of ten would be like some angel special from the 90s and just remembering how popular angels were in the 90s (laughs) would be like it'd be like angels in america this was actually an angel that saved this lady or something like that and there's all these like weird ass things that would just be all over these vhs's that you would have just are just like lost to time like that's just never going to be uploaded to anything that's just never going to be like converted and it's just it was a huge phenomenon and those are just not even the movies that's just on a different level but the, the way that they were documented and they were so easy to record these like mega events are like it's kind of crazy to me and like nathan you hit me to like the commercial game when we were watching during back in our home i did days. really that was mainly what i was looking for in those things is i would fuck with the commercials real hard yeah and uh i'm always fond of those because those are the things that are like 
who really gives a flip like about the Minute Maid commercial in 1991 and how good it was? <laughs> so like, it's, it's not I know one kid. person who does. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, meaning in the sense as far as someone who is like going to be uploading things to the internet, even if they're a considerate person, they're going to like they'll upload the maybe the raw actual event or what? Like they might upload the football game they recorded. That's let's say. But sometimes they would leave out or skip around some of the, what they think are the. But those are actually the things you can never possibly like in your mind. You're like I swear to God, when I was a kid, I saw this commercial. You Google it, you can't find anything. YouTube, you can't find anything. And little do you know, it's on the back end of a tape. Some sort of hot slab you got down at the uh, at, at the at the cause report. <laughs> at the second hand got, got, got a heater. Got a heater <laughs> at the nice place. No, that yeah, um, that was always my favorite. Like you find one that was like uh yeah you could you could watch Quantum Leave. You can watch Twin Peaks. Uh, streaming, but then you want to watch them back to back with the commercials as they originally aired, and that's that was always my fave thing to like find that shit. Uh, here's a more, I guess, just like on a personal tip question. It's obviously not the ideal time in the world to do it right now, but do you do you have dreams of opening a video store one day? Is that Absolutely. something you want to do? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I came here to Raleigh. You know, is because. Because you know, I was living in Philly, working at Drexel University, uh, and doing lunch meet you know, on the side. And then uh, I got the opportunity to come run a video store or be a part of a video store. You know, I was told. Um, so I came down here and that's what I did. And um, absolutely, man, I think that video stores are some of the most important community spaces, you know, and it's, it's just such a fun thing, you know, and I hope, you know, it just never goes away. So at as some a, point, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna, as a former employee of one, I went to that, um, the panel, that you hosted about video stores during mm-hmm. the Raleigh the, the VHS festival, yeah, yeah, the Raleigh chapter, I guess, of VHS festival, um, and uh, that was very—I don't know if many people got anything out of it, but I certainly enjoyed it. As far as hearing people who actually still own them and work at them talk about like what they think would make one sus- like sustain now and why or why not they will. And uh, I thought that was really fascinating. I loved working at it. I worked at a video store for like two years. Well, hell, Enoch did in, too. Now I think about it, East Coast. Yeah, East Coast Video. That's did. right. No, that's that's right. Yeah, I worked at a movie gallery uh, in, in Western Carolina, North American Video in Cameron Village, the last independent video store in Raleigh to hang out there. East Coast Music and Video, Greenville, North Carolina. Go ahead and fill out the, our alumni. But um, <laughs> I have a question, Josh. What is the the world of and within the VHS world, the opinion of um, sort of reproductions and reissues of, say, classic films, but on VHS. Is that a thing that the community is into, or is that even a thing that exists? Absolutely. Yeah, I do it. Um, see, that goes into the territory of, like, there's people booting stuff all the time. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah, so I mean, there's tons of people that are just bootlegging new movies on VHS and things like that, and um, so that's happening all over. And yeah, there's people that are really, really into it. Uh, you know, I license stuff. Um, I do independent artists and things like that on VHS tape. Um, but I think a lot of people are into new movies on VHS, especially if it makes sense. You know, so I mean, yeah, definitely bigger in the horror realm, I would say. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Or if, it, or if it fits aesthetically, sci-fi like glitch stuff. art, yeah. sci-fi stuff, glitch art stuff. Um, you know, independent filmmakers using it because it kind of blends into their aesthetic or their style a little bit. I think it's a cool platform to to present media in general. 
You know, yeah, I, was I think that, the, like the future of if we're talking about opening new VHS stores, obviously the used product is only going to dwindle. But like, how do you sort of? But you're, you're perceiving it more of as a, as also as a um, as almost like a community space to sort of promote not just VHS, but like the kinds of things that could be on VHS or are on VHS, regardless of whether or not you're necessarily moving units and selling tapes. But like, hey, this new filmmaker has made this cool movie that is a VHS movie in, in, yeah, like, in its aesthetic, yeah. like in its heart, like its vibe. Absolutely. You know, and I think like um, it's, it's a community based around content, you know, and I think that's what a video store really is, is, is people go into a space and they want to pull out content, experience it and talk about it with people and people that really love this stuff and know about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's like a library, you know what I mean? And it's a, it's a place where you can go and, and hang out too. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be quiet in the video store, at least not mine. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's super important spaces, but yeah, I would champion that, you know, cause you got to think about, we, we lived through the video store era. We went through the video store. Like we did it. It was the best. And we know how wonderful it was. And then we look back on it and we're like, man, this was really great. You know? And then there's people that have never ever gone to a video store. You know, and I think like, that's really weird. That's really weird that happens so quickly. You know, that's like saying in 10, 15 years, people won't go to grocery stores anymore. And then people Possible. will start to, or, uh, you know, and record stores. <laughs> hey, oh. yeah, but, but <laughs> nice I, price I, books I, and records. No, but I think those spaces will always, always be there. You know, I, I think as far as, you know, media shops and stuff, like I think those are so important to a, to an artistic community in a, in a, in a place, you know, and a music community and all these kinds of things. And depending what you do inside the space, you know, but um, video stores. Yeah. I would love to keep that experience alive and I intend on doing it. You know, I'm doing it in all the ways I can. So are you going to have, um, this is very popular in Western North Carolina. Are you going to have a tanning bed in your video store? <laughs> Dude, if I had the opportunity to have a tanning bed in my video store, yes. That was a no fascinating uh, thing. Wait, yep. is it was was that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah it's I, I wouldn't even say. Well, Enoch, where are you talking about? What what location is this? Burnsville, North what? Carolina. There's a Hollywood video. It's at, okay. I had a weird thing that happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> Let's hear it. Driving down the highway, we're going to um, Rachel. Was it Linville Falls? Linville Falls. We were going. We're going to Linville Falls, and we drove past a Hollywood video, and I said out loud, holy shit, they have a Hollywood video here, because I thought those things had died. Uh, I get home, I Google Hollywood video, I find their, their website that's like advertising, like, the, like, Gone in 60 Seconds starring Nicolas Cage. Like, the website is ancient. Um, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? And I look it up, it's like, all Hollywood videos closed in 2007. I was like, what is this, a damn... Poltergeist, I saw this thing. Like, <laughs> so I, I started doing research, and I uh, brag, I had alerted a, a different podcast, Oh Yeah Dude, Oh Yeah Dude for Life, 888-842-2357, and I had, because he uh, had been, he kept a live tracker, sort of, of all the left, whatever video stores are left in America, and I called mm -hmm. him, I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, I just saw a Hollywood video, and now I'm here, and there's no Hollywood videos, so he... He looks it up. What it turns out is he starts calling every possible location in, like, western North Carolina. And he eventually gets a hold of the spot. And what it was is the dude, it was a flick video, which there's still a couple of those left out there. Mm -hmm. And 
the guy had, when a Hollywood video had closed down, he just bought everything inside, the sign included, and just stuck the sign on his location. <laughs> Whoa, damn. <laughs> so it says, like, Hollywood video in huge-ass letters, or Holly Weird, as Matt would say. And it says, Hollywood video, and then underneath it in tiny letters, flick video. And it's, like, so so misleading and confusing. Um, but but the also there's a tanning bed. Yeah, tanning beds are, like, you, the, you, ha- you just assume not have videos if you don't have a tanning bed. Like I rem- they are no, like I remember that being a thing when I, when I was younger. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I somehow missed this. I don't recall ever being in a Hollywood video or a blockbuster or movie gallery. That they weren't no, no, the no, chain the, ones. The they chains. were the home, the small hometown ones. Uh, Bingo. Do you so know why one, that's such a thing, yeah. Josh? Yeah, because um, they were tanning beds. They were tanning salons, and it was really easy to set up a little video store. So it would be like tanning and video. Or like cigarettes and video, or gas and video. Or it was just an easy side thing. Video. Okay, gotcha. Absolutely. it's like the smoke shop now. Yeah. Like it, there's no yeah. barrier to entry, and you could just. It's like you know how every you know I, I remember renting UFC one on VHS at the Farmore on Capitol Boulevard. Dude, sh- I was about to say shout out to the Farmore. I remember Big like ass being shout like out to the Farmore, dude. I watched all the UFC fights, all the every I went. We weren't allowed to get pay per view, so we got all the WWF events. Like you know, a month later on VHS, like. I would go to that little wall and just start at the top left and go chronologically, and that's how I kept track of like wrestling and then cage fighting simultaneously. Like, um, but it was sort of because you could just you just cut the light on and have a video store back then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was and really the same with the tanning bed. <laughs> They're both very popular items. Well, well, now back to the that panel that I went to. The, a lot of the the main thing that people kept saying was now the video store element is like obviously the uncommon part so you have to find the other thing like obviously mm-hmm. like having a bar or selling beers is the, is going to be a more common one that'll bring people in and then you have this other cool little room or side of the place that also get like oh shit this is like a cool place that has these old things yeah i mean it's it's having you know I mean, video rentals aren't going to pay the bills probably nowadays, you know, because of streaming and all that stuff. But you can curate it and you can make it fun and you can have something else attached to it. That's why Video Vortex worked really well, you know. One, because the the rentals were free. How do you argue with that? But it keeps you coming back to a place, you know, and they they want to sell beer, they want to sell food, they want to sell movie tickets. And, you know, I totally, I was like, hey, yeah, put a video store in front of that. That is perfect synergy, you know, and people can't. Like, we would rent thousands of movies a month, you know. So it's... It was really cool. It really worked. I got a question I for you, Josh. He, uh, okay, yeah. How big is your DVD collection? Oh, boy. Uh, I could fit it in two shoeboxes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so it's just Lord of the Rings then? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know uh, how, um, how often you found things. You, uh, you mentioned content being, being king. So I don't know if there were some things that just simply hadn't been put on, obviously, your favorite medium uh that you just had to be like i guess i'm just gonna have to own this fucking dvd even though i don't like dvds that much some stuff yeah for sure i mean but not many uh i used to have a very large uh dvd collection uh, and i actually sold it all um it was like i don't know it wasn't very large it was like i think like 300 400 dvds so i mean like i i for one day i just sold it i think i was moving or something and I mean, you got to think about, I have, you know, I was thousands, gonna, thousands of tapes. And yeah, I was going to say, you might hate this question, but that leads me to uh, want to be uh, curious about 
if you have a ballpark of how many tapes you have. Mm. I've seen some picks. Oh, yeah, it's less than, like, when people walk into my tape, they're like, oh, I, think, I thought you'd have more. And I'm like, thank you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be, like, tragic. I thought I'd have to call someone. <laughs> <laughs> and up on Mari. Uh, uh, 2,500, I guess, a couple thousand. I mean, I, I, I definitely shaved it down a bunch when I moved down here. You know, I got, I had a bunch of tapes where I was just like, I, I got to, so I donated some. And, of course, I've gotten more while I was here. Sure. What's the um? What's the organization? Is it strict alphabetical, or do you have do you have heaters on one shelf? Do you have? Oh, this heaters you... all over, but. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'm lousy with heaters, but yeah. How do you like? How do you keep them? I, I and I would ask this of anyone who has a large amount of anything. I'm I'm always curious how people organize their things, and whether they go strict alphabetical or genre separation or. Um. Lately, I see people with books doing it by color, and it freaks me out but i'm just by that color just, that just the like books by color that feels yeah. like a hugely aesthetic thing which i can get behind but i don't know if i i mean i gotta think about then it you'll like, be able to get a book in your hands you're gonna ever find it like ah, shit i think it was red yeah, yeah what color was this book uh you know but um i think i see people do it by a distributor and stuff and it's, it's like I, when i think of uh when i want to watch a movie i'm either going for a particular title um or a vibe usually and so I have it by genre, and I have it by tapes that I've had for a long time, uh, a lot of horror stuff, and then I have all my comedy, weird comedy, and then my more classic quote-unquote stuff, um, some more mainstream things like that, uh, sci-fi, action, kind of meld together on two shelves. Um, and then I have a uh, space where there's stuff that I haven't watched that I want to watch, which is probably about like 35 things. And then I have all my clams, small clams, and then all my large clams in one space, and then all the new, new Love stuff. Love a clam. Yeah, and then all the new stuff, and then all the kids' stuff and cartoons, and then I have all my star classics in one place, and then all my special interests and super weird home dubs in, in another place. And then I have 125 taped from TV Eagles games right here in this Whoa, case. Go Eagles. <laughs> Oh, we're not. Go we're birds. not. We're not fans of them here. Uh, can, can I tell you the uh, the my favorite uh, Philadelphia sports thing I've ever heard in my life was uh, on Philadelphia sports radio. They threw to break and they said, "Hey, look, we're coming back. Josh has got a message. Josh has got a message for Al Qaeda. Then we're going to talk more Eagles." <laughs> and they <laughs> the break. It sounds about right. I don't know. Uh, it's um, like the the most Philly uh, Philly. Uh, Sports thing I could possibly imagine. Um, I will say this is my my as far as sports VHS crossover. Uh, Nathan and Matt are gonna be disappointed to hear this, but uh, I'm a I'm a big boxing dork, and oh, there are enormous an enormous number of fights that are unattainable anywhere until YouTube started happening. Like fights I could only read about. I would read about them in mm -hmm. magazines and in books. They would talk about them. I had never seen them happen. And then YouTube happened, and they all start, and you can tell it's dubbed off of a VHS, because you see the, obviously the telltale, uh, whatever you call that, tracking. tracking? There you go. Um, and it's like this, it's this bizarre combination of old and new technology that has rescued like entire careers, like fighters that were just rumors, and now we can see them because someone had at some point in time taken a film 
or had dubbed it off of the pay-per-view. And, it, you know, it's pay-per-view. Like, th these big fight companies, they don't have – they're not ESP. They don't have libraries like that. So they're just – these fights a lot of times are just behind vaults and no one knows where they are or can see them. And it's been, like, pretty sick <laughs> to be able to, like, rediscover <laughs> some of these things. And it's, like, half of it is due to the VHS and YouTube combining their powers to, like m – like change entire like historical perspectives of actual like events it's kind of crazy yeah and i i champion that part about the vhs so much because you, you know you're talking about everything from boxing matches to commercials to people's third birthdays there's so much information <laughs> on on vhs out there and you know that that's everything from independent film to to everything you know and i think that's just it's so fascinating you know, i was gonna say i was gonna thing. say that as far as i've been able to like get to know you that is kind of the biggest part and fun part of it all is those things like those boxers that you thought were lost in time but now all of a sudden are not and they're unearthed and you're able to see them yeah that's, a, that's a fun thing yeah. <laughs> or, or or finding that sprite commercial that you swore existed and nobody's like i don't know what you're talking about dude you're like this existed and then uh, all of a sudden somehow <laughs> yeah. you know you find it on a vhs tape and you're like this is the, this yeah. is it this is the commercial you know, and it, that stuff is all saved on on tape. People but, taping TV. You know that that is not to not to change back over to this, but uh, that is one reason I could see some DVD stuff coming back around at some point because there there was that little like five year period in time where they just reissued things over and over and over again, and they would add a little bit of extra bonus content or something like that. And there was these weird like DVD special editions that would have like these director's commentary where you could tell nobody really wanted to be there and like all these other things. And I've, I've always thought about like all these like deleted scenes that were only on this one thing that you can't find unless you have that or these specifically the commentary is always like really blew my mind or something like that. Like do you, could you see any kind of like shift into expanding into any kind of that type of stuff? Or do you think it's, are you just like, are you just there for the fucking heaters? Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it all. I think, um, I, me going into DVDs for that stuff? No, I don't. I don't know. You know, I think I'm just so wrapped up in in this and loving it. So, but I think as far as collectors, yeah, I mean, people go for that Japanese import that has the bonus track, right? Because it's the only place it exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that stuff happens, you know. And I think that's the yeah. same. It's the same thing, you know. Like, oh, here's a commentary track on this, you know, uh, German DVD, you know, and this PAL DVD. You know, That'll be mostly like the true heads of that particular thing. It won't yeah. be like a broad collector digging around for just all of those kind of thing. Yeah, but I think those collectors are, are kind of like they come up, you know, like the like you know, ten years, fifteen years ago, I wasn't going after like quote unquote heaters. They were all heaters. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you sure. Know what I mean, so it's. Um, but no, yeah, it's absolutely. I think there's always going to be some somebody out there looking to dig deeper into something that they're very interested in, you know. Hell yeah. Well, is there anything you want to add here? Uh, any final, final things, plugs, statements? Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I feel Thanks like we got to hang it. out. Hell know? yeah. And uh, hopefully, when the when the pandemic's over the smoke clears everyone put it we can all hang out again and you know do fun stuff in person but hey, this was throw, really great. throw some heaters on crack some cold ones <laughs> hey i'll do it all day maybe uh spark a heater if you know what i'm saying <laughs> i know oh whoa yeah. whoa whoa yeah. whoa whoa matt yeah. whoa yes um, please <laughs> yeah yeah we just need some sort of uh some sort of uh way to figure out a vhs 
uh, maybe some sort of, well, I don't know, we'll just show boxing fights all night long, who knows, but, um, uh, <laughs> or, or the next thing we think of. Oh, dude, we'll have a blast. We could have, we could have, we could have tape battles where you pick two minute clips and then we all watch and oh, that's whoever nice. has it. Yeah, it's fun. Well, I'm picking but, uh, yeah. my man Caveman Lee from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, a, bo- a boxer I've fallen in love with thanks to YouTube and VHS. Shout out to Caveman Lee. That's awesome, dude. I'm going to look that dude up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just thanks for having me. Uh, on the Instagram at lunchmeetvhs, lunchmeetvhs.com, new site, whole bunch of new stuff, lots of new stuff coming, all VH spectacular. And how, how do you, how do you get the print stuff if you want to follow along in print? The website, on the maybe? website, the website. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. I got a store on there, and there's a blog for extra every, extra material, and I put like stuff up there every week, and some deep dive stuff, and some really fun stuff, and um, all tapes all the time. Okay, you heard it from him. The horse's mouth. The Go horse's to lunch ass. meat. The lunch meat VHS. <laughs> all oh, Insta. Him? Shit, my bad. Lunch meat, uh, A lot of t-shirts, hats, good stuff. New site. Probably wouldn't fit my head. Well, <laughs> well, you're wearing one right now. Surprise, it squeezed on there. Hey, hey special I had a, order. I had to, I had to uh, soak this thing in hot water and, and wrap it around a fucking uh, bowling ball for a week. <laughs> Ordered it from a circus. <laughs> Ordered it from a fucking circus. Um, Here's a question for you: Lunch meats, top three, rank them. Ooh, I, I I have mine. I think salami, pepperoni, ham. <laughs> we got we got two out of I the thought same three. Mine, I thought mine was quick, and he just rattled <laughs> off. I was like, "Good God!" I'm going. I'm going ham number one. Uh, salami, a, salami two. Um, and then yeah, I guess what else is it, like the capicola or whatever the other stuff that's on like uh, an Italian, but like You're, well, I, what, most things you can get sliced as. Are you just trying to think of the toppings of, on the number thirteen in Jersey Mike? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, whatever's on a number thirteen, Mike's way. No onions, add mayo and pickle. Um, but but ham number one. I'm a, I'm a I'm a, I'll be honest. I'm a I, ham freak. Uh, ham would probably be good. It's be on number one is too as well. And I've been doing a thing recently where I've been um, putting ham. Uh, a whole slice of ham on an egg and just flipping it over and let it cook. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Scrambled? Or are you talking about like an egg over easy? Bingo, bingo. Yeah, so I throw that down. I right, flip so eggs it. Eggs down. Eggs down. Before I cook the second size, I, second side, I throw a circular, it's like a piece of ham that fits almost perfect on top of it, onto it. Then I flip it over and the ham fries while the egg cooks. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like it might be one of the better, not the best biscuit in the world. Um, I invented that separately, oh, but like boy. I wonder about. I, I am. I am. I'm curious. I got the recipe. Um, if anyone wants to know, <laughs> hey, keep a lid on that, my dude. Like, come on. Um, I'm only. I'm only taking it to improve. <laughs> as if it could be improved. Um, but uh, I like this idea. I want to try this out. How thick a slice of ham are we talking? And do you cook the ham at all in the pan next to it and then put it on top? Or you just ham straight so, on there flip it? If I'm being real, the real thing that I figured out that I feel like might get some backlash. Please but be real, by the way, when it comes to this ham egg situation. I, I, but the, the, the kind of the secret sauce that kind of holds it all together, a slice of American like Kraft single cheese in between. And it I kind of it. It like holds the ham. 
Yeah, so I go egg. Betwixt. While the as soon as I throw the egg down, as soon as I can, I put the piece of cheese on it, and then I put the ham on top of that. <laughs> as soon as and you then, can, as long as nothing stops me or like I have well, well, no, because like there's a second. <laughs> Why couldn't you just do it right then? There's like there's like there's like 15 <laughs> seconds. There's like 15 seconds where the egg's still forming its shape a little bit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> But like, there's a second where like the egg's still kind of like figuring out like how big it's gonna be, and I'm kind of, I kind of, I kind of scrape it in a little bit to make sure it kind of fits fits the size of the ham and the cheese, and I throw throw a craft single on top, a ham on top, and I flip it over and let the ham cook while the cheese melts and the egg finishes the rest of the way through. It's dope. Two two things. Are you concerned at all about sort of like um, accidentally? sort of packing in this raw egg where you're like you're you're hiding it from the heat source too much. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> then, I got this thing then, blazing hot, like so hot yeah. that Liz thinks I'm going to burn it every time, and I sometimes do. All right. See, that's important to tell me though that you get your pan blazing hot. So keep that in mind when giving people recipes. Mention so hot that my partner is concerned. Uh, and then <laughs> two, uh, don't you allege to have an egg allergy? I eat. I now eat a Ben and Drill before I do any of this stuff, and I it's served me fine. Like I've never, I haven't really felt it since. <laughs> so the recipe includes a Ben and Drill then. Yeah, go ahead and toss one down if you feel like you might might have some kind of egg intolerance. <laughs> suck down a nice Benadryl for dinner, <laughs> breakfast. Well, anyway, speaking of all these lunch meats, thanks. No, thanks. I, I didn't say mine. Wait, I have a controversial one. What you got? Or maybe not controversial. Maybe one that people don't like as much. I guess that's controversial. Uh, I don't know what two and three are, but number one, I would even say a fucking cold piece of bologna, baby. Bologna. I, I fuck with bologna. I fuck a bologna heavy, my dude. I, I take a, I get, I'll just, I'll take a slice, just roll it up and eat it. Hey, why not? I can't, I, I don't know what it is in my brain, but I can't. I can eat fried bologna. I can't eat bologna regular. I can eat that cold hot dog before I can eat cold bologna. They're Love kind of the same dog. to me. Love a cold hot dog, one bite at a time. That was the restaurant like I, plan. I, I, I didn't, didn't think about that, well. but like they're they are the the same in, in a way. Um, also. Takes a Benadryl to eat eggs, can't eat bologna. We'll keep going. Um, the bologna thing is more of a mental block. I, there's like some kind of, I, if I throw it down, like w- when I go to bench warmers, I'll get that bologna uh, bagel they got. It's fucking dope. I love it. It's so good. If, I ha- if I'm looking at a pack of bologna and somebody says, you have to eat, this is the only thing you have to eat or else you're going to starve. You, you have to live off of cold bologna for the next two weeks. It I would laugh in their face it, and say no problem. Wouldn't go well for me. <laughs> so thanks for the bologna, bud. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite sandwich as a kid was, uh, no doubt, uh, che- uh, American cheese, white bread, bologna, and some sort of potato chip, other piece of bread, crunch. Very good. Mm, I've never been a chip chip to the sandwich guy. I have nothing against it. I've just never really partaken. I, I cannot do it. I Boy, will say. Do I love it. I'm a I'm, I'm a white bread mayonnaise, bologna. Hot sauce, other slice of bologna, and then yellow mustard or more mayonnaise, depending on my vibe, sandwich. Uh, I didn't like mayo as a kid, but I'm, I fuck with it now. Anyway, this is a bunch of bologna. Let's move on. Let's let's play a song. Uh, we're going to hear, uh, what are we hearing, Nathan? Geody. Geody. Or Geody. Did you have a song you wanted to play? Let's play the title track. Mama, you can bet! Exclamation point. Off of the album, Mama, you can bet. Period. (laughs) 
Um, oh, oh man, how'd that Giotti song treat you? It's a great track. We're still tra- going. Oh, shit. We're still going. We're working straight through, bud. That song was a hot, hot banger. Now we're going straight into the next one. Enix confuses whether or not we're still rolling. Oh, we're rolling, baby. Um, I mean, look, I was born ready, but I'm looking at the fellows. I'm looking at this timer. and it's. A I hate to say it, but that's one of the reasons we can't stop. We, we got to keep going. It's a daunting timer. number. The timer has a couple <laughs> minutes left on it, because you have to understand close. what time we actually started. <clears throat> I'm saying, look how long we've been recording is what I'm saying. Well, how much is useful? Uh, I got I got a couple of things to run by you, Nick. Tell me. <laughs> I just looked. Tell me. Uh, tell me what of, if uh, any of these things ring a bell to you. Matt, this might be one that you're you're editing. Okay. We're I'll do it. half I'll, hours, dude. So I'll throw that out there. I got some weird hopscotch stuff this week. I, as is an aside from the podcast, sure, yeah, I yeah, might yeah. have to send you these files. Enoch, what does uh, what do these names mean to you? I'm gonna I'm gonna re- read a couple out. All right. And you say and you say uh, if if uh, they sound familiar or uh, resonate in any sort of way. Lydia's Bridge. Okay, nothing. Nope. Um, Devil's Tramping Ground. Uh, that. Hang on, I kind of know what that is. What is that? Is it a movie? That, that uh, thing I be. got off of Amazon just fell apart in my hand. Could be. It's pro- well, I have a theory. Um, <laughs> you got uh, the Harvey Mansion of Newburn. Oh what God. What do you think these things have in common? These are haunted locations. In North Carolina. You said it, not us. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's wherever the hell Matt lives. Yeah. Well, uh, on the same list, what would, what would you do if I told you uh, the Carolina Pines light pole? Listen. Damn, son. <laughs> this is so upsetting. To have to, like... Nathan has crafted this bizarro narrative, and he's like taken for granted this idea that his insane shit is is like all facts. And then it's like, like no, look, 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 look. Okay, look. I'll say like, this. A, a guy came Enoch, over and said I'll it's say impossible this. that it could have had electricity. I didn't like, know this at the time. Storm shook. I didn't know this on the, at the time that this light post was on these lists, but. <laughs> Apparently, it's been a thing for like decades. Tamplin told you, baby. It's been a thing for decades. Decades. So the neighbors know about it. These well, I don't know if they these neighbors up this ain't out of the home. I don't know if you ever if you noticed these lights ain't on. <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah. Nobody's maybe known. maybe for good so reason. Honestly, brain. Um, I, I I just don't. Okay, the light pole thing was a bit, but my light in my home came on the other night. Sent you a video. Mm, speak for I, yourself. Not a bit. Yeah, well, oh <laughs> I meant that it's on a blog. <laughs> I believe that it happened. Um, my light came on. Turned it on, Matt. I sent you a video as soon as it happened. Uh, maybe. Well, we're gonna post that. I think I'm shirtless in it. Um, <laughs> I, you're wearing less clothes than I want you to wear. How about that? Well, the more light was on than I wanted to be. Did you, I, yeah, so what do you think it was? A uh, Triceratops? Flick the switch? It, I know, it wasn't a human being. That's my main concern. I don't care what the fuck it was. So, do you honestly think the most likely explanation is that a damn apparition did it? Fucking straight up Scully up here, man. Just leave us alone. <laughs> I'm a what? Scully? 
Me and Matt are Mulders trying to find the fucking truth. I don't know that is. I know it's. I haven't seen the show. Which one is it? Ten, nine, eight. Which one is what? Mulder or Scully? I mean, which one is Mulder and who's Scully? Four, three, two, one. Oh man, the time we got is the dude. I stare at your picture I can still feel your lips close to mine The day I lose your memory Is the day Late at night, your voice, it still wakes me. I reach out with my arms open wide. The day I lose your memory is the day. That I breathe for You're still here Even though you're away You're the reason I'll wake up tomorrow You're the reason I lived yesterday This old heart has broke down with sorrow And I've almost cried myself blind The day I lose your memory Is the day I lose 